do we have vamps today, or are you uh, too pooped? Too pooped to vamp. How do you mean vamp? Uh, as in Dark Shadows. Yes, I do have... Uh, okay. I did do vamp some... Vamp as in vampire. <laughs> get it, get it, thought you, Nos vampire. I thought you wanted to be just to like, do some... Yeah, well, vamp... Improvise and... You know what this segment should have been called? Uh, Dave Vamps. Be the first time on the show. And then we could have had the, uh, that share song about uh, she's a vamp. Gypsies, vamps, and thieves. Do 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 do. Gather round, true believers, and hear my tale—a tale of a dragon who liked to sneak. I'm Ian Boothby. And I am David Dedrick. There you go. You got to grab people now. There's a lot yes. of podcasts out there. That was really good. A vast Yemedes. Yeah. Yeah. It was like I a, appreciate that. Like I know you're doing your horse mysteries show now, but I was mm-hmm. thinking, uh, you know, pirate mysteries. I'm sure someone else is doing pirate mysteries. Pirate mysteries be great. Yep. Tales of crime that pirates are involved with. Yeah. Well, that's what they do. It's all crime all the time Tale, if you're a pirate. Tales of World Series winning. There's nothing a pirate pirates. does. Pirates don't like do toys for tots. You know, once a year to like kind of, you know. <laughs> no, we leave that to drug dealers. Yeah. That's drug dealers do the. Uh, like I, when I heard big like. Dr- drug production, like they, they move a lot of drugs and stuff. Group. Oh, That's, through the toys. Well, no, no. They, they just throw the toys so you forget that they also involved right, in like. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think the thing is. And shoot, kill a lot of people. Yeah, I think. And we're not going to mention the organization that does it. Uh, but, uh, you know, when they say we're going to give toys for we're toys. We're not? Well, here's the thing. Hell's bells. If you're not going to uh, say, hey, knock it off, fellers, mm-hmm. about the drug dealing, then when they're giving toys <laughs> to kids, it's very tough to go, I'm making a stand now. <laughs> you can't give toys to the children. <laughs> well, I was scared of you before, but I'm not scared now. Yeah, they, they, do make a, they do make a slight whiffle of a, of a fuss about it. You know? Yeah. At the same time, you know, the, the son of a former member, a former... Gang boss is on the uh, Surrey p- uh, police board. Okay, which is weird. Well, I know Kinda like makes you wonder why they're getting rid of their police force and replacing it with a different police force when they have people whose relatives have been involved in organized crime on the police board. That's Dude, weird. It was always weird to me, you know, when I went to. There's a small, Suspicious, some might say, let's say a small town mm-hmm. that you uh, when you go get on a ferry and you end up. Getting off the ferry, it's sure. the place you get off. Yeah, famous, famously famous for its bars. Famous for its uh, bars. Yeah, uh, where I, I would work there. Someone was doing stand up, and uh, and yeah, it was just like, oh, this is how it is. I was like, uh, is it? It's like, yeah. We've, <laughs> so you guys have just like thrown up your hands and just gone like, mm, so crime. <laughs> you know, yeah. the Legion of Doom uh, runs the town, and so we're not going to tell Solomon Grundy yeah. that he has to leave the bar. Well, he's big. He is big. You know, I would say. Uh, I was going to say the biggest of the Legion of Doom, but that's not right. I mean, there's Gigantus. So what the hell am I talking about? <laughs> sure. I mean, she's not always the biggest. She's not always the biggest, though. That's the thing. She's not always the biggest. Yeah. And here's the weird bit. And about- I mean, I mean, biggest in terms of heart. She actually does have kind of a big heart. She's uh, she fell in love with uh, Ryan Choi, who is the new Adam created by Gail Simone. Okay, uh, friend of the show, former guest of the show. Yeah. Uh, uh, so she does love Ryan Choi. So she does have a bit of a big heart. The weird thing is, in in some of her origin stories, she's yeah. also a gorilla. Oh, yeah. That's just a weird. Thing. It was. That I think it's so. from an era where you know I think it was Mort Weisinger, I believe, 
who who noticed like uh, sales went up twenty five percent if there was a gorilla on the cover, and so like Jimmy Olsen married a gorilla. Mm-hmm. There was there was a lot of gorilla covers in the sixties. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very very popular, and so I think probably that's how she became a part time gorilla. Yeah, yeah, which makes it weird when she's dating a guy when she's actually a girl. Well, I don't know if I mentioned this in the show or just in real life a little while ago, but I remember Lisa Hanawalt, the the uh, cart- cartoonist, yes. did a review of Planet of the Apes, and she pointed out in that review that men love men love apes like men love monkeys, and that's that's like the. That's the big attraction about Planet of the Apes is we're so excited that there's a planet uh, full of monkeys. Well, if I was a if I was a hack comedian, I'd say uh, it was because we they get to do the stuff that we want to do but we can't do. They can monkey around all the time because mm-hmm. they are monkeys. <laughs> they have a built-in excuse. And I know they're not monkeys aren't always apes, but apes are always monkeys are always apes, but apes aren't always monkeys. I, I understand. Yeah, we're just I, we're just using generic terms here. We're not. I'm not a zoologist. No, 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 you're not attracted to animals at all. No, I am, however, attracted to Zoe Deschanel. Oh, is that you're a zoologist? I'm a zoologist. <laughs> so, um, so much so that you're attracted to Katy Perry because she looks a bit like Zoe Deschanel. I do like Katy Perry. Of course you do. There's some fireworks there. That's a good song. Yeah, and she has a nice relationship with Elmo. She has a nice relationship with Elmo. Yeah. You mean like? Hi, I'm Elmo. That Elmo? That Elmo. That's okay. right. Yeah. That's nice. Hi, Katie. Yeah, that was that controversy like uh, a while back where there was a, um, uh, she was on the show. Yeah. Uh, the Sesame Street show. Yeah. And she had a little bit too much of a sexy outfit on while she was uh, doing stuff with Elmo. Well, she was like a, that's kind of her thing. Yeah, but normally not on Sesame Street. I see. I see. You have to put on a shirt. Yeah, no shirt, no shoes, no service. That's the one <laughs> rule they have at Sesame that's Street. That's right. Yeah. No strapless dresses. No, all let, it's all brought to you by the letter S. By the way, all these things—shirts, shoes, service, strapless dresses—it yeah. all went to the servitude of the uh, of the overlord uh, S, S, and one of their great, big advertisers. <laughs> yeah, which stands for Satan. <laughs> Satin. Oh, okay. It's the fabric. It's a terrible night in evil. white Satan, <laughs> never reaching the end. Oh, that yeah. does sound like a hellish experience mm-hmm. anyway that was uh but yeah i like uh, both zoe deschanel and uh, i like katie berry too sure like both. <laughs> I'm glad we could agree on that that was my, that was my that was my niece's first concert i believe katie perry oh yeah it was uh nice it was like a lot of stuff went on like it was a good show sure that's her, that was her thing yeah it was like a until, good woof until uh that bitch taylor swift stole her dancers oh is that what happened yeah mm-hmm. they had a big falling out over that I was just joking, but I like Taylor Swift quite a bit too. <laughs> it's fine. It's all fine. I'm well, sure. I'm sure they worked it out. You know what I say about that? I think it buds again. T S. What's that? Taylor Swift. Oh, Taylor. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. T Swift. Yeah. Also or, tough or shit. Swifty. Tough or Swifty. shit. In both. Yeah. 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 And she wrote that. Uh, what did she write that? She, she, she wrote that thing uh, that's where you suggested like eating kids. She also did that, right? Taylor Swift did? Like a, like a, mod, a modest suggestion or a moderate <laughs> choice. Right. A, modest, a modest proposal. She wrote the song A Modest Proposal. That's right. Yes. Yeah. And it was about it, eating it was children, a, right? It was, yeah. A, a biting satire. That was Swiftian, right? Very Swiftian. That's T-Swifty. <laughs> and so we're giddy. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I just came back from the uh, optometrist. My eyes apparently are fine. Uh, but I had Belladonna put into them. And so my pupils are huge. And I can't see nothing. So... You know, if I have to read the letters later, we'll see what happens. Now, you had your eyes uh, lasered. 
15 years ago, almost to this day, wow. I found out. Yeah, it was like very close to my anniversary of uh, LASIK surgery. So Lasers uh, in your face. Eyes. Yeah, there you go. So, oh, by the way, uh, speaking what, of talking what, over what, each other, what, what, what. <laughs> yes. If you want to listen to a podcast, sure, where two guys talk over each other, okay, like crazy, okay, to the point where you just want to go, shut up. <laughs> um, fly on the wall, okay, with uh, Dana Carvey and uh, David Spade. Oh, I see, which I, I like because the guests are usually like Tom mm-hmm. Hanks or Tina Fey, sure. uh, which is great. They had Johnny Knoxville on recently. Okay. Uh, and, but uh, Dana Carvey always goes into these impressions, and David Spade doesn't let him finish them. And we'll just, just, we'll just talk right over him. You know, well, he's, he worked with him, so he knows that yeah. he won't stop. I guess so. He knows. Can't. He also. Won't, he don't stop. I bet you it's a Zoom, like a Zoom situation. Not with those two. Those two are in the same room, I believe. Oh, is that right? Okay, guys. Uh, they, the they are excuse. talking to the other person. But yeah, they talk over each other like crazy. <laughs> they are not listeners. They are two <laughs> they are two showboats. They are two old man rivers who are just like just like talking all over all over <laughs> each other, all over, all over each other. They just keep talking, they just keep riffing. They don't keep building, they just riff their own thing. Yeah. So it's it's not a bad show, but it's uh really needy. Oh boy, and gets to some things that you're like, What? And yeah, it's interesting. It's a little bit of a car crash, but it's interesting and uh, worth listening to. I'm sorry, but continue on, Dave. I I have I was gonna ask you About my eyes. About your eyes. How how to get them this blue? Mm. You know you have lovely clean eyes. Living. You have lovely eyes, right? Clean you know living and Windex. <laughs> Drinking Windex. That'll make them blue. And also all of you as well. By the way, I toured with a magician. Not going to say who. Mm-hmm. Toured with a magician. And uh, he did a joke every night on this on the stage mm-hmm. uh, where he would uh, drink uh, from a bottle of Windex. Yes. And his joke was, I had the urge to take off all my clothes, but Windex prevents streaking. Yeah, everyone has a mild laugh. Sure. I just sure. realized, like today, because they had a little tribute to the amazing Randy, the the magician who just passed away. Um, just. Yeah, just passed away. Yeah, it's been a couple of years, hasn't it? Jeez. Anyway, they had a tribute out. to the amazing Randy. Who? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think he just passed away. But let me see. Famous, uh, famously worked with Ellis Cooper, helped him design his uh his stage oh, show. Oh, not James Randy. No. The oh, other, oh jo- the amazing Jonathan. Sorry. Uh the amazing Jonathan Randy. Okay, so James Randy. Uh, or the amazing, amazingly Randy Jonathan. Uh, the amazing Jonathan is the name of the okay. magician. But it's uh, that's a bit of his. That's his bit. Oh, is that right? Yeah, they're, it's like I guess it was kind of like they're magicians, so you can do like if it was a stand-up bit, you couldn't yeah. do it. Yeah. But because they're magicians, mm-hmm. it's kind of almost a trick that you're is drinking. It? Us, it's a stunt. <laughs> I, I don't see. know. Okay, so you're yeah, you're. I don't know if I'm justifying it. Yeah, I think you're justifying it. But I was surprised to see like, oh shit, that's his. Uh, that's his bit. Yeah. So now I'm justifying it uh, back. But anyway, uh, The Amazing Jonathan was a comedy magician, quite popular. Uh, just passed away. Sorry about that. Uh, not, so I am sorry about that. I was going to say things like, it's not my fault or that kind of dumb thing. But why, <laughs> why be an asshole about it? Sure. You know, there you go. It's, he's uh, fine. He was a fine entertainer. He used to be on like a lot of talk shows, so on and so forth. And uh, yeah, and uh, yes, The Amazing Randy passed away a couple of years ago. That's true. <laughs> okay. So... Uh, the, what I was going to ask you about your eyes <laughs> was, uh, so you, you went to have a checkup. 
Now, yeah. As, so you're not going about your vision. Well, here's the thing. Um, or is your vision starting to fail you? I have a, I have a, uh, no, my, no, I don't think my vision is failing me. Okay, good. Uh, I have an ophthalmologist and I have an optometrist. Optometrist is who I go to to, yeah, uh, basically get like a prescription updated. Yeah. Or that kind of thing. Ophthalmologist I went to because I was having an issue with my, my right eye, uh, where something, ruptured in the back of it and so i was going every year uh to see him and uh and it was it was repaired like mm. it's fine and every year it's like oh yeah you're fine you're great oh, okay. everything's good. Good. good and so uh but i didn't go for the last two years because of covid related mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. so i tried uh, booking an appointment now and they went oh you got to go to the optometrist first to get a thing so all right here we go mm. and yeah you know you always go there's always stuff that they can tell you that's like oh so, you know, a little nervous about that, but no, went fine. And now I'm going to go see the ophthalmologist. But yeah, uh, I, I asked for the pictures of my eyes, the insides of my eyes to be yeah. sent to me. They're yeah. cool. That's nice to see. So they will, I didn't know they'd send them to you. Yeah. Well, if should, you ask. I should have, I should have asked. I just had, I just had my. They got invested. them on file. They'll send them to you. I just had mine. Cause you know, my, our uh, frequent guest on the show, my cousin Jason. Yes. He works. In a, a glass, like he works as an optometrist. He's in a glass house, so he is in a glass house. So he throws a lot of rocks, <laughs> and so yeah, I went tonight. Has a, uh, a I got podcast where things go on the rocks. That's true. He apparently has one coming out fairly soon. Mm. He said, he said All right, "Very good." But uh, yeah, I went there. I think I told, I talked about this. I think you talked about this to me in the car. Oh, but I didn't talk about it in real life. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I went there, and I. It's one of those things where you. You see, gla- you see your glasses, like you see a pair of glasses, and you're like, "Well, those are nice." Yeah. Then you put them on, and then they feel like perfectly on your face. Like you're just like, "Oh, these are these are my these are my glasses." There you go. But then I was like, "Well, they can't be my glasses. Why? I've got to try like six or seven more glasses on because these are obviously not like they could be, but not quite yet." So what do you th- what are you there with uh, what are you there with my wife? <laughs> and uh, so you got to try on other glasses instead yeah. of just going. These are good. Yeah, no, I got to leave. I gotta try. I'm gonna leave now. I've got the ones I wanted. No, I have to try other ones on because okay. I could be leaving something on the table. Right. It's sort of like when you go into a grocery store and you see an apple and you yeah. buy it. Yeah. And then go. I should look at all the apples. Yeah. Exactly. You know, that's what I should do mm-hmm. instead of this apple that I like. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I would do. And by the way, I know. I know my wife is uh, looking out for my best interests, and she's correct. <laughs> so, I understand that she is correct in this scenario. Okay. So, but the thing was is that everyone I touched. Had to be put into this little machine that right. puts runs an ultraviolet ray over them, so that they're degermified. And so I, uh, every time I tried one on, Jason would have to put it in the machine, and I just felt guiltier and guiltier. So I think I just tried on like four, and then I was like, no, these these ones are fine. Like uh, I'm just being. Why didn't they just put your eyes into the machine? Fussy. What? What? Thank you, Trump. Yeah, can you just wash your face. Can we just can we just get some <laughs> sun, sunlight inside ourselves? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this, I I did end up with the the pair I originally tried on sure. first. Yeah, that's exactly were the what ones do, that yeah. were the ones I liked the best. I just felt I had to try. And, you know, he was egging me on too. He's like, "Well, maybe you should try on the Ray Bans." And I put the Ray Bans on, and I was like, "You know, I don't like these so much." He goes, "Nah, they're not that nice to wear." Put them in the thing. But here's the thing about Jason too: is like he's working at the store, right? Yeah. So if you're not there and he's not helping you, he's got to do real work. So it's better for him that is if his you work. take a long time. It is his work, though. I know, but. You know, at mean, least someone else. Doing, you mean you have to help? Yeah, someone else. you know, you're being. You can be goofballs. Yeah, we can be goofballs. That's true. This is like one long, silly session. Yeah, 
I'm being serious about like getting my, my the placement of my eyes correct to the glasses. And well, I hope so. That'd be a weird thing to yeah, joke around just, about. Just, I made it so you have to look through your eyes, your glasses cross-eyed. I mean, it's kind of funny. Thanks. I'm not saying it's not. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for coming down to cockeyes. So I, when I got my glasses, I opted to not get the progressive lenses. Okay. These are non-progressive. Right. They only the, oh, so your political views. They, <laughs> I'm very non-progressive. You're correct. But I... I uh, made in Texas. What's that? <laughs> made in Texas. These, glass, these eyeglasses are made in Texas, currently protesting in Ottawa. And and you should think of some of the kooky things they believe, these glasses. But, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. They're, I just, they're a single, single vision. And I quite like it, actually. Nice. I quite like not having... I mean... Yes, I do have to take my glasses off sometimes to read things. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I was doing that anyway. It could be, though, that it was five years since I had last got a new pair of glasses. So I imagine the pres- prescription was kind of out of date. And by kind of, I mean very much out of date. <laughs> a lot out of date, judging by how everything looks now that I put these other glasses on. Clearly, clear is what I mean. So, yeah, the new glasses. Nice. It's nice to I'm be sure able I to see. sure I talked about this already, but that's fine. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I, I was I, I was surprised to find out that it was been 15 years since I got LASIK though. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's fine, and, you know. And when they when I got it, they said like, "Well, in your late 40s, your eyes gonna start to go." Mm. Just letting you know. Yeah, and I was like, "Yeah, but not too bad." You know, I can see stuff. It seems all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. unless you know, yeah. It sure. was interesting. Like when I, I sat down and I looked up at the uh, you know the letters that were there, mm. and I could read the bottom one. And I'm like, yeah, we're fine. Oh, really? You could, hey? Yeah, it's like fine. Oh wow. I mean, even with my my old glasses on, I couldn't read the uh, the bottom the bottom line. When I take my glasses off, I, I am well. It, it's weird because it said Dave line. can't read this. Yeah, and I was like, huh? <laughs> That's what it's spelled out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's very true. I cannot read it, but uh. And it's funny, like, when I was in kindergarten, I I really liked the idea of getting glasses. Like, I thought, oh, glasses, wearing glasses would be so cool. <laughs> and then we had a nurse come to the school and did, like, eye exams. And she said, you need glasses. And I was like, all right, going to get a pair of glasses. And then... And baby, could you throw in a scoliosis test? <laughs> <laughs> and then my mom stepped in. You think that in. sounds offensive, but she was a baby. It was she actually was, yeah, a baby she was a baby. She was a ba- baby... Baby nurse. She said, <laughs> Goo goo gaga. You have goo 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 eyes. <laughs> and, uh, so my mom stepped in though and she, she got me these horrible lenses that were um, sideways ovals, t- tortoiseshells, oval glasses. Right. That made me look like, I don't know, an idiot would be a good way to put it. Were they cheap? Is this the I don't know what her thinking was. I think she, maybe she thought they were like stylish. She was like, oh yeah, this is. This will get the girls looking. Yeah. And so yeah, okay. I wore them to school. The first day I wore them to school, some kid turned around and insulted me for wearing these glasses. And pretty much I just took them off. Cut him. Put cut him with it. Cut put, him with the sharp glass. I did not. Kind of, uh, he was older than me. So that, that put him like. You know, oh, so they can't be cut by glass? Oh, no. They kids? Cannot, you cannot even. You wouldn't even dream about doing that to a kid who's older than you. And yeah. He could be in school. grade two. Those guys are invulnerable. That's oh, true. my God. I mean, if, even if you cut one of them, there's more to come. Like, you know, you can't cut them all. Oh, like a hydra, like a hi- like a hydra, the the myth- myth- mythological monster. I'll, I'll go with that, or or the organization in Marvel Comics. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I like a hydra. I think those are the only two hydras. Yeah, that you can so. have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought I thought maybe you forgot to put the NT in the end of it. Hydrant. Okay, yeah, like a hydrant. <laughs> now it sounds like we're doing a bit from the Electric Company. 
<laughs> Hi, Trent. Um, so and Spellbinder <laughs> took changed the hydrant <laughs> to a hydra. <laughs> but then here comes Letterman. <laughs> so yeah, so all my joy of the idea of glasses just drained out of me at that instant, yeah. and I put them away. And I did not wear them until grade five. I had to get another pair of glasses in grade five. And so I chose this time. I'm going to choose glasses. So I chose aviator frames. Right. Cat's eye lenses. Which I was still going to stand as cat's eye lenses. From the <laughs> Earth out, Kit collection. Turns out I was as bad as my mom at choosing glasses. <laughs> <laughs> so I... Listen, Mr. President. <laughs> so then I didn't wear glasses. Even though I got them in grade five, I, I chose not to wear them. Okay. For the rest of my school career, <laughs> until, until I got to junior, or senior high school, when it was getting kind of humiliating, because I had to sit at the very front of the class. So all my friends, would, of course, would sit at the back, because that was a cool spot. But I had to sit right at the front, because I couldn't see the chalkboard if I sat at the back. So, and then I was walking past people that I knew on the bus, because I couldn't see their faces. Mm. And so I decided then that it was time to bite the bullet and actually start wearing glasses, which is... Which, I, which is what I did. And I've never looked back. <laughs> because I can't. Can't turn your head. I can't turn my head. <laughs> it's lips. very weak frames. <laughs> These lips, lips, right? I'm afraid they'll fly off my face. Break. I remember the first time I was looking at getting contact lenses, my optometrist went, well, if you're going to get, if you want to get the really good ones, here's what you got to get. And it was the hard lenses. It was like, oh. you got to get these hard lenses. And not like just like small hard lenses, but mm. big hard lenses that covered almost your whole eye. <laughs> okay. It was like, it was like, it was looked like contact lenses for cows. <laughs> and he went like, these are the ones that you'll see the best with. Really? And I went like, well, which ones will I see okay with? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't need to see everything. <laughs> That's right. I'm not an astronaut. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't need microscopic vision. Yeah, I was like, I'll. Uh, eh, so I went with the soft contacts. And yeah, they were fine. That's, that's the best. They were fine. I don't even think they make hard ones anymore. And the reason is because they suck. Uh, as I usually, uh, I th- I've mentioned probably twice on the show, but what the heck? We've been on for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when I worked on a show called Street Sense, we did a story that uh, blew the lid off <laughs> daily wear contact lenses. Yes, and the story was, what's the difference between daily wears? And uh, like long wearing lenses, the kind you wear yeah. for like a month. Yeah. And the answer was price. <laughs> that was the end. They were the same product, mm-hmm. uh, but they were charging much, much more for one that lasted much, much less time. Yeah. They were just saying, I'll throw it out. And I was like, but it's good. It would last like a, a month, just like the other one. Nope. Throw it out. And then we'll make more money off you. Yeah. It was just bullshit. And so mm. we, we blew the lid off it. And then uh, Marketplace <laughs> uh, jumped on that as well. Oh, wow. They did a story about it. That was the same story. They used all your footage? Well, they used our research pretty much. Yeah. 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 Mm, interesting. Uh, yeah, I moved to contacts eventually, but I can't wear them now because my eyesight's too bad. Well, you guys would, you and your brothers would tell me stories about how you wore contacts. <laughs> they still are, still are like horror movies to this day. Like, <laughs> well, we'd I wear see. them for yeah. weeks and then we'd go swimming and then we'd sleep in them for a week. <laughs> yes, and then I we'd did. go swimming some more. Yep. And by the time we had to pull them out of our eyes, we had to grab, <laughs> no. you know, uh, we had to grab a wrench and just wrench it out. <laughs> what, what would happen is it would, they would dry out so much in your eye that they would just fall out one day <laughs> into your hand. You'd what? be like, oh, there goes my contact needed to fall out so then you have to spit in your hand and yep. rub the contact yeah, around there you it, go. and then put it After back in your eye some doritos <laughs> every story was just worse and worse just horrible horrible, horrible it was, stories. it's Awful. you know what 
I'm not going to give teenage boys any credit for for uh, for long range thinking. No, <laughs> but you would like tell me this. You'd yeah, go, like so here's what we do. And yeah, just be, oh, just be so I bad. Would swim in so them. Awful. I mean, I wouldn't open my eyes in the water because they would. I was afraid they'd wash out, but they'd be in my eyes. I would just close my eyes in the water instead okay. of opening them, like I normally would. And then yeah, I did sleep in them, and I would keep them in my eyes for about a month. <laughs> Until, my God! Until my God! Until I just finally I couldn't. I had to take. Oh note. my God! Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad your eyes are okay. Yeah, they're fine. I mean, they're not great, but I don't think it's from that. Yeah, but they're just, not from infection and yeah, from yeah. eye disease. Yeah, they're fine. I'm sure there's some eye diseases you could have got. I don't yeah, know. Mange. I mean, look, if you can get swimmer's ear from swimming in a pool, you can yeah. you must get something in the eye. Yeah, looker's eye. Yeah, looker's eye. <laughs> Wait, were you using your eyes to see? What are you trying to do? I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, congratulations on your new uh, glasses. Thank you. Was this a birthday present to yourself? No, it was just a high time. Okay. My other glasses were falling apart, actually. The, yeah. the You know how it has like the springy springy bits on the on the arms so sure. they kind of t- they're kind of tight around your your head yep uh, hold that, on that broke on my other pair oh boo okay and so they if i and then they're plastic which i like i like not having the nose pieces that get bent when things hit you in the face and so uh the problem though was that because they're plastic and then they had no nothing holding on if my if i got a bit sweaty they would just like fall off my face gotcha so if i was working like at work and I was sweating because I was working. It's the summertime or whatever. My glasses would constantly be sliding down my nose and falling off. And I got really good at catching them in midair, though. I got like, just snatch them. But yeah, it's kind of... I even snatch them sometimes. I'd have to be holding onto the door and I'd snatch them. You know, so I had only one hand well, holding from, up a section. That's from your old high school days, like snatching your uh, contact lenses as they pop out yeah, of your eye. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that sort of instant, yeah. instant ability. Yeah. For peeing on them and putting them back in your eye. Yeah. So, well, it sterilizes them. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Because <laughs> I read, I read that in the Omen, which is a book of all knowledge. It was a good, almost called, almost called it the book of all knowledge. So By the way, actually. someone, someone might tell you at some point, hey, you know, uh, your urine is sterile, yeah, and uh, so you can use it as you would for things that are sterile, yeah. Here's the thing, though. Mm-hmm. Now imagine that you've got a nice, a bunch of sterile water, yeah, and you put it in a filthy bucket, <laughs> yeah. That's what that's what your urine is, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's in a very, very dirty bucket. <laughs> so technically, yes. the urine starts off nice and sterile. Sure. But instantly it's not. So don't <laughs> use it for anything that's you know important mm. that uh, it does not get. Yeah. There was a uh, baseball player named Moises Alou who would pee on his hands. Right. Because not uh, P.P. Be- Rodriguez. <laughs> not P.P. <laughs> Rodriguez. Because he believed that it made his hands uh, harder, like tougher. Sure. Yeah. Which I don't. Know the th- science behind that thing? I've heard, I've heard that uh, before. Is yeah. that right? I think, I think there was actually a, a, a Denny uh, Icorn story about that when he was working on something construction-wise, okay. and guys would okay. do that. They'd pee on their hands to like uh, kind of cal them up. Yeah, I have a feeling that, that at some point they were told a, an amusing lie, and they've <laughs> and everyone just laughed <laughs> as they peed on their hands. And yet That's they keep right. doing it because they didn't, they didn't get the joke. Yeah. Why, why you got that poop on your shoulders? Well, <laughs> wait a minute. No reason. <laughs> Guys, it's my first day. It's sterile. All right. Now go bring us a left-handed screwdriver. I will. <laughs> Guys, can I have a left hand? Wait, guys. There's no such thing as a... <laughs> You're all so mean. It's a good one. 
Um, so I briefly mentioned you had a birthday. Did you mention that? Yeah. I said, did you treat yourself to the glasses as a oh, birthday? Oh, yes, because it was my birthday. Yeah. How was your birthday? You well, got quite a few birthday wishes. I did get some birthday wishes. That's very nice. Caviar dreams. <laughs> <laughs> what was fun was it was uh, 02-22-2022. It was kind of a fun, a kind of fun yeah. uh, birthday. A once-in-a-lifetime birthday, some might call it. Some will never have a birthday like that. That's true. Did you wear a tutu? I did not wear a tutu. It's too bad. I should have. But I did read Jacob Tutu. Ah. And the Hooded Fang. Very yes. Canadian. Well, then you get your tax uh, exempt status this year. <laughs> Thank you. Yay. Uh, no, Was that fine. Mordecai Richler? Yes, it is Mordecai, Mordecai Richler. I don't know. I can't remember who did the illustration. So. Mm. Richler Mordecai. <laughs> yes, he did. Richler. I think it was, I think it was oh. Nina Matsumoto. I think oh, she did the illustrations to Jacob. A Tutu. young Nina Matsumoto. Yeah, a, a younger yeah, Nina Matsumoto. Much younger. Yeah, that's how we found out she was immortal. <laughs> considering considering that book came out when I was a, a child. Yeah. Yeah. That was a young Nina. I don't know if that's right, but I'll believe you. Okay. I'll believe you. Same way I believe you. What's she going to do? She's hands. in California. She can't to reply. She's coming back. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Come back today. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> you got some explaining to do. So um, no, it was fine. I mean, my birthday was fine. I, I mean, I'm at an age n- now where you know I'm I'm 56. Okay, this year turned 56, and uh, I f- you know you're, I'm at an age now where your birthday is kind of a thing that happens to you once a year, and uh, I mean you enjoy it. I mean I'm happy considering you know like 30 years ago. Or so I had like a 5% chance of being here. That's pretty good. Yeah. I'm happy about that. I really am. So I don't, uh, I don't uh, scoff at it. And I do. I got some nice gifts for my daughters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got a, Mary gave me a book. Don't ask me what it's called. I think it's called The Fifth City. The Bible? The, <laughs> the Bible? <laughs> Have you seen this, Dad? And I looked inside and said, where did, is this the Gideon Society? Where did you get this, this from? This is going to make church make a lot more sense, Dad. <laughs> Finally. Uh, and then... Um, yeah, she got me a book, and then she got me uh, Turkish Delight. Okay. And Glosset Raisins, two of my favorite. Wow. Two of my favorite chocolates. So I just said, I said, ah, I think I have. Uh... Oh, let me just say this: we, Mary and I, on uh, Sunday, we went and saw Belfast. It was playing okay. at the, playing at the Cottonwood. Kenneth Branagh directed. Kenneth Branagh directed it. Yes. I just watched it. Also Kenneth... wrote it. Also wrote it. I just I just watched a Kenneth Branagh directed movie yesterday. Uh. Is it the unforgivable one that he made? Uh, uh, Denial ain't just a river in Egypt. The Agatha oh. Christie. <laughs> All right, uh, Murder on the Nile. Yeah, so he directed two movies, like in the yeah. last. Yeah. Bit. Okay, good for him. Yeah, I think that Murder on the Nile is basically all made entirely in studio. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So I think it you was expected a... the Mandalorian to walk by at any point. <laughs> it was a pretty quick shoot. Yeah. <laughs> that was the one flaw to the movie. Was like this a hundred percent is like. Yeah. Green screen orama. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I mean, it's all indoor rooms, and basically, it could be a play. So sure. why not? Sure. I guess. Know? I guess. Uh, yeah, that's that's true. And he acted in that one as well. Mm-hmm. He did not act in Belfast. It is a cat. He acted and also had um, did that young facing thing, like you know, it's him oh, like super young, and you're just yeah. like ew. Why not just hire an actor to play that role? It looked like they did, and then they give you a switcheroo, and you're like ugh. Did not like it. <laughs> Boo. I mean, in the old days, we would just hire 
you know, you'd get River Phoenix to play you. That's right. In 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 the you know introductory part of the movie, so that we can see you know, how you got your hat and how you got your whip and how, where your fear of snakes came from, and also where you got a dog, where you got your name from. From you know, they that base that basically is the elf thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it is. It's like the origin of the mustache. Yeah, yeah. 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 It has it's to cover up. cover up a facial scar or something. It was like yeah, like I turned. Uh, I, I was seeing it with my sister in law Vicky. I turned and went. Finally, we get the mustache origin story. <laughs> I hope you said it that loud. And the actual and the actual mustache does get a fucking story arc in this movie. It, again, I liked it. It was a solid B. Sure, you know, but it was like sure. it really was the 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 mustache movie of mm. like you know. All right, we'll tell you everything you want to know about the mustache, buddy. Here it comes. Yeah, my feeling about Bernard is that he's a perfectly fine middling director and a middling writer. And that he's, he's, you know, he's like a solid C plus, C, C plus. Well, his big stunt is he's really good at Shakespeare. So they say. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And he can make it, he can make it so that people will go, oh, Shakespeare. Shakespeare. <laughs> sure. That's all right. Sure. Yeah. That's entertaining Shakespeare. Yeah. Yeah. And it helps when you're married to Emma Thompson and she's great at everything and she's a great writer. That helps a lot. <laughs> well, they're no I'm sure she together, walks but... into, I know that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm saying now. Mm. But back in the day, it helped when she could walk into the room and just go, oh, let me fix that for you. Done. Well, I'm going to go win an Oscar now. Bye. I can, you know, and despite every, you know, he can do whatever. He can make any movie that he wants, but he'll never quite, he'll never quite get past Peter's Friends for me. Like that will always be like, I'll be like, yeah, but you know, he directed Peter's Friends. <laughs> We can he, never forget that. You didn't like Peter's Friends? <laughs> oh, yeah. it's awful. Yeah. That's an awful movie. Fill me with your babies. All right, fair enough. Uh, but he directed, uh, was a uh, Dead, Dead Again, right? Dead Again? Well, it's like a Hitchcockian Yeah, Dead film. Again, yeah. Is that was called Dead Again? That, yeah. that was one of my favorite experiences. That also has Emma, Emma Thompson in it. Oh, yeah. Well. Yeah. And uh, I was okay. uh, Derek Jacoby uh, is in it as well. It's a, it's, a C, it's a C movie, or, you know, around there. It's a middling. Is it? Film, yeah, I, I liked it a lot. Like oh, I saw but... it at the Stanley Theater, okay, and it was a genuine like gasper that people in the audience oh. were, ah, oh, ah, that's, that's yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, it's all right. That's Maybe good. I was in the right mood for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's a, you know, it has that kind of Hitchcock element, Hitchcockian element, and to there's it, a little but... bit of a nod to uh, a previous Derek uh, Jacoby role that it was like, ha ha. It was also <laughs> very nice. And I again, I'm a, a really big Emma Thompson fan, so that mm. cuts a lot of uh, sure. cloth with me. <laughs> but so Belfast, and there was a scene in the film. I'm just going to spoil a little bit of the film for everyone. The, the, Originally called the Belfast and the Furious, the, and then they went, "We don't want it to be related yeah, to those other films." That's right. They said we're not going to have anything like those those films at all. But by the way, it's all about family. <laughs> So we don't want to leave Belfast because we'd be leaving behind our family. That's right. And family, the, family, and, family. And the lead actor did not want to like shave off all his hair. And he went like, well, you got to be bald for these movies. Yeah. That's Sorry. The, that's the thing. That's the rule. It's about family and you're bald. <laughs> but he didn't. He didn't shave it off. Yeah. Okay. In the end, he, he's, he's, he stood up for what is right. And that is having your own hair on your head. So, um, yeah, it's, um, it was, it was okay. It was fine. It was fine. It was fine. Like, you know. But there's a good scene in it where the kids, they uh, go to a candy shop and he's sort of being led astray by his older cousin. And she uh, has uh, hatched this, this scheme in order that they'll be able to steal a bunch of chocolate bars from this from this confectioner's. Oh, boy. And this is a small town, right? It's a Belfast. Oh, okay. That's a big town. 
<laughs> it feels very small in the movie, though, because it, well, it's, the way it's they talk one about, location. Like, like you're from Belfast. Everyone knows who you are. Everyone Billy. knows who you are. Billy, everyone, everyone yeah, knows on who you are from Belfast. On the street, everyone knows who you are. Well, that's the thing. Like, Not down the street. No one knows who you are down the street. Oh, okay. That's fine, then. Because if you walk like, down that street, they'll be like, who... Who's this stranger walking down the street? That's a. Du- it seems like a dumb movie move to like pull a heist on your street when <laughs> well, everyone on the is, street knows. It is dumb you. because everyone know he knows who they are. Yeah, yeah. But so they attempt this, and so she distracts the 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 shop owner. Yeah, and with a seductive. He band steals. Band. That's right. <laughs> and then he he steals the chocolate bars. Okay. And of course, the this guy's he's not he wasn't born yesterday. He looked about thirty, and so. He knows what's going on right away, and he like, um, you know, he chases them out of the shop. He yeah. catches one of the kids, the little boy, the boy, the sort of main character of the movie, the little boy, and his cousin get away. Yeah, and they run around the corner into an alley, and she's like, "What did you get? What did you get?" And he opens up his palm, and he's got a Turkish delight in it. And she was like, "Turkish delight? Who eats Turkish delight?" Oh. <laughs> I was and in the audience. Lost Dave. I know, and I was just like, "Oh, this movie's lost a point." Yeah. Dave f- just stands up. Fuck this! Please. <laughs> I stormed out. I'm, I'm leaving behind a whole bunch of big. I said, Turk- "I just had a Turkish delight this morning when I went to the dollar store. I bought one." That's right, Think motherfuckers. Big Turk wrappers in his wake. <laughs> I flounced out. Uh, yeah. It was a funny scene though, because I I, pre- I appreciated it in an ironic way, because I, I love Turkish delight. I think it's hilarious. But people hate it, <laughs> so it's fine. It's good. It's a good scene, but uh, yeah, most mostly the film is it's, it's fine. Mary and I left and we were like, meh. I don't understand why it's so feted at the Oscars. This, oh, is it? Uh, yeah, it's got the, it's the most nominated film. Well, it's not a lot of movies, though. Is that right? I mean, I guess, yeah. or not a lot of movies people have watched. But it feels yeah. like there's better movies. And I'm not going to spoil, uh, you know. If you haven't seen Death of the Nile, of the uh, any other version, I heard there's a murder. Sure, there's some death. There's some Nile. <laughs> um, there's one crocodile. That's good. Um, but uh, yeah, like like okay. It's the problem is Murder on the Orient Express is great. Murder on the Orient Express is a great mystery to me. Okay, and it's got a great payoff at the end. Mm. It's like, ah. and so it's like, <laughs> what are you gonna do with this? Yeah, and so when you find out, and I'm not gonna tell you what happens. Yeah, when you, when you find out the how yeah. done it of yeah. the who done it, he had a pain in go, his asp. This is a stupid plan. <laughs> this is a dumb plan. This is like this plan does not make any okay. sense. Like it's great that it worked. But, like, I can think of six things that could have really mm. basically happened that would have, like, completely kiboshed your whole damn plan. Yeah. This is way too elaborate. Dumb. It's dumb. You know? Uh, and, and the only sure. way it works is if, if, you, if you explain it really quickly, and it's like, oh, that's exciting. And then, like, you keep moving, keep moving, keep moving until we get to the end and we're done. Yeah. You know? But if you stop for a second and go, like, what? Why would you do that? And so you had to do this and that and then this happened and that. Well, what if a bird flew by? Like, like anything, anything happened. Yeah. You know, yeah. none I, of this makes any sense. When I was a, when I was younger, when I was in junior high school, I'm not too sure what grade, I was given like a collection of Agatha Christie novels at Christmas time. There, I, I got the books when I was growing as a kid from, for Christmas gifts. But they're always very random. Like, no one said, what do you like? I just, I just got, like, these books. Which was fine. Like, I got uh, all the, like, a bunch of James Harriet novels in a, in a, like, a five-book collection. Okay. Boxed in a box, you know. Sure. Like a, a slipcase. And the, the same with this Agatha Christie thing. I was, like, there were a bunch in a slipcase. And so I, I read them. But I don't 
remember reading Murder Murder on the Nile. Like I read, I read a bunch of them. Death but, on the Nile. Or sorry, Death on the Nile. And uh, so I can't. I'm just wondering if it was like they changed it for the movie, like if that's or if Agatha Christie really was just being silly. Oh well, well, I've seen two other versions of it, and this is the murder. Oh, this is the murder. This okay, is so how they, it's elaborate. This is how they silly. do it, and you know, it makes little sense yeah. if you think about it. You just go like, well, if anyone was doing <laughs> anything else, sure. If anyone decided to look out a window, <laughs> that would be the end of that. Yeah, like, yeah. Everyone's yeah. just got to be completely busy for any of this to work. Um, the best version of that sort of plotting is Unfaithfully Yours, the Preston Sturgis film with Rex Harrison. Okay. I think they remade it with Dudley Moore. Yep. But the original version is with Rex Harrison, where he's the jealous composer or con- conductor. And he creates this, al- he wants to murder his wife, who he believes is uh, unfaithful. Unfaithful, yeah. Which she's not. It would have been a, it would have been terrible. It would have been fine for him to murder her if she wasn't faithful, but it turns out she wasn't. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's terrible. But anyway, so he concocts this very elaborate plan that it's this like a clockwork thing. And of course, he imagines the murder of first so you get like the whole thing played out for you nice and you see it works with the precision and it's just like everything everything perfectly timed it all works and then uh, you know the kind of the, the third act is him actually attempting the murder and it's just like one disaster after another where nothing goes to plan and it's, it's constant everything fails and falls apart and it's so, so great because that's exactly that reality of those sort of elaborate ruses you know these attempts to create this um there's a columbus it's Columbus. There's a Columbo um, one that takes place in sort of a Mensa-style club okay. where one of the members kills another member with an elaborate plan that involves a spindle on a turntable, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And, of course, this one also goes off without a yeah. hitch, which is so ridiculous because, you know, it's this thing like of, you know, you setting out your 5,000 dominoes in this incredible pattern and then, you know, pushing the one domino and then you watch it, then it reaches the current turn and it's slightly off and the one domino just falls and it misses and then you just nothing else happens after that and you're just like oh shoot gotta put it all back together you know it's like it's just so hard to like plan those things so perfectly you know and yeah so i that's i think that unfaithfully yours is the best most honest uh rendition of that sort of nonsense okay all right i have to see it then you've never seen it i think i might have seen the deadly more version it's fine it's It's fine. fine it's sort of should do a podcast called It's Fine. It's fine. It's just movies that are fine. It's more, I saw it on an awkward date. So, okay. I kind of, it's intermingled with that in my memory. Was there any smooching at the end? For me? Yeah. No. Yeah. Any smooching? There's no smooching. Hand on the knee? No. The yawn. Ah. Oh my gosh. Tap, tap, tap. I didn't even know how to do those things. Yeah. Oh, you yawn. <laughs> you your, ah, tap, 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 tap. Oh my gosh. Can't do it now because uh, chairs are too big. Oh really? Oh Chairs yeah. The they... movie theaters are uh, too luxurious. Well, yeah, but you can put the armrest up and just like side on uh, over. Yeah, you oh. could. That's right. <laughs> nice. Good job. You could all uh, hit the button and make the seat hot. I like I like, <laughs> I like theaters that um, I like theaters that have the uh, the you know the uh, whatever it is sort of what do you call it like the armrest that can be uh, uh, the, flip up. What you're doing there now looks like that cat <laughs> that looks like it's knocking the. <laughs> Uh, you know, the kind of the flip up armrest. Yeah, I like flip those. up armrest, yeah. What's so funny though is often we'll go and Lisa will push it down so that and put a drink in it. And I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? Get the hint, nerd. <laughs> Speaking of awkward dates, <laughs> I know. Just, we put down, we put down this gate. Yeah, and by the way, happy birthday. Watch the movie. <laughs> Watch the movie. Yeah. Uh, so we went last night, we went to a restaurant that we like in Agassiz. 
Okay. Called the Broken Whisk, and we we went there for Lisa's birthday, and when the when the owner who was our wait was our server for that for the night, when she found out it was Lisa's birthday, she's like, "Yo, you get a birthday shot," and she got very excited and she ran off. And Lisa's like, "Oh, I don't want a shot." And I was like, "Oh, just you know." And she brought over this vaccine. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant it. I didn't know you meant a jab. I thought it was a jab nowadays. <laughs> so then she uh, she puts this you know frankly disgusting looking concoction in front of us yeah and uh you know right in front of lisa and she's like well there you go and so then lisa's she goes away and then lisa was like oh i'm not gonna drink it i said you gotta drink it they brought you a shot it's your birthday shot and so i like made her drink it you know yeah. she's like drank little like you know instead of just drinking all at once she's like taking little sips and going Ooh, uh, ee, and i'm like just drink it up and just yeah. swallow it just get it over with but she wouldn't and then finally she got it down and and uh, Mary videotaped her and sent, sent it to Eve because Eve couldn't make it to the dinner. And uh, it was great, great fun. And so... Well, you pour it into another drink you've gotten and just like pour it over there. Then you don't drink it if you find that. That's a tip. You do it that yeah, way. Yeah, or you just be a good sport, drink it. It's but not going to kill you. If you don't want to drink something, it's you not don't have to you. drink anything. So then, uh, <laughs> so then when we, we went last night, so Lisa's like, oh, well, they're going to find out it's your birthday. Ah. And you're going to have to do a shot. I'm like, oh, I'm fine with that. That's fine. It was disgusting, but whatever. I'm not going to say no. Yeah, but you could say no. <laughs> sure, but whatever. And then maybe you get something else. That's the thing. It's huh. just like, I don't drink. It's like, oh, in that case, we'll give you $10. And they're like, oh, thank you. And you <laughs> $10, take $10, $10, $10, $10, $10, $10, $10, $10, $10, $10, $10, $10, $10, $10, $10, $10, $10, $10, $10, $10, $10, $10, $10, $10, $10, $10, $10, $10, $10, $10,
Splash of soda. Uh, no. There you go. No. Well, that's what it's, that's what no. you get. You're, that's what you no. get. That's a drunken cobra. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> well, don't say no till you try it. I, no, it's not try it. So then. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 stop. <laughs> yeah. Thematically. <laughs> Yes. Like, what do you got? Uh, it's a cowboy thing. <laughs> it's pastry. a cowboy thing, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, get me some pineapple. <laughs> you know, how you watch the old westerns and the cowboys are all drinking pineapple yeah, juice. Yeah. Yeah. You know how you think of cowboys and pineapple So, what together? do you think? It should be uh, half Jack Daniels, half Spice Rum. Sarsaparilla? Sure. Fine. It's a cowboy drink. <laughs> Splash the soda. Like, pick, pick a fucking theme. Pineapple? <laughs> That's just hot fucking nonsense. Like, that's as dumb as wine and vodka. With strawberry juice. Oh, my God. Like, just drink it in the bathroom so you can throw up immediately. I have to ask you if she this is nuts. has it. Oh, no, you got... Listen, Jason. Jason, you got to make that first fucking drink. You got to make both of those drinks. Yeah, you got to make both those drinks. I'm not wrong. Look, I will do the show. I will do the show... <laughs> If we're gonna make those drinks, <laughs> right? I'm gonna. Tell, I'm in. I'm, I'm telling in. him that. I'm telling. I'm him I'm inviting that. myself on your show. <laughs> I'm telling him that. Okay. He'll be very. I've done your show once and unintentionally because we had our segment on your show. <laughs> uh, so okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. So 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 Eve tells uh, the owner that uh, it's my birthday and she's she's uh, m- mad at me for not saying anything, of course. And then she says, "Well, it's your birthday. I'm gonna give you a free dessert." <laughs> Nice. Oh, Lisa was not happy. Wow. But in a fun way. Okay. In a good sport way, I like to say. Like it feels like if we're going with if we're going with their uh, pairings. Yeah. It's just like we're gonna give you a delicious <laughs> yep. hot fudge sundae and then blue cheese plate <laughs> combined. <laughs> combined. Yeah. Because both are delicious desserts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> Like a pineapple cowboy. <laughs> like I say. Riding high on his horse with his pineapple on. Pineapple cowboy. I will get, I'll get used to an honest review of it eventually. But like I say, last time she was there, it was not available. Yeah. And although it was on the menu. And then um, this time she was driving herself home so she could not uh, partake. Of the hard stuff. Okay, so I'm looking right now at uh, uh, drinks with vodka and wine. Yep. There's a there's a popular one called Call Me a Cab. Okay. What does that consist of? Cabernet Sauvignon. Whoa, fancy. Uh, so that's two to three ounces Cabernet Sauvignon. Sure. A one ounce vodka. Yep. Six ounces lemonade. Okay. And ice. <laughs> so apparently some people do mix yeah. vodka and uh, wine uh, but geez, uh, and I'm, I'm I'm seeing okay. People are asking now: Can you mix vodka and wine together without yes, them exploding? If you, if you do it correctly, <laughs> yes. If you do it correctly, yeah. I don't know really how to uh, how to make it mix. If you're looking for an example of how vodka and wine can successfully be used together, uh, they got a drink below. And again, yeah, it's basically vodka, wine, lemonade, orange juice. Yeah, that's what you're doing. So so it looks like we're adding something fruit. Yeah, vodka and then uh, the wine. And I think, well, I think with uh, the sangria, sangria is like a, uh, isn't it like a berry wine of some kind? I'm not cheese. So I thought sangria was basically wine and like uh, almost like a punch, like I think. Yeah, but a punch is like a fruit thing, right? Yeah, so, yeah. So right, it is. Yeah. It's kind of keeping to the theme of the 
Yeah, let's see. All right, so I'm looking right now up traditional red sangria. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This is this is a drink that like uh, this is a very. Um, I uh, listen. I'm not dividing people up by sexes. But this is a very girly party drink. Sangria, sangria. Yeah. Okay. That's you don't not my experience. You don't normally get like a big a bucket of dudes going like, "Hey, hey, well, you say round that. of sangria, everyone. We got a round of sangria." <laughs> you say that. I remember when one day uh, coming into Ferrier College when I was doing my training, and uh, a bunch of the class had got together the night before and had gotten very, very, very drunk on sangria, uh, yeah. and they were all suffering. And you know, oh, that, it's an ugly hangover. Oh, it only makes it more fun when you're banging away on an anvil. With your hammer, <laughs> that six people in, in the out, out of the twelve of you are just like absolutely dying, and uh, and they were just dragging their ass all morning, and that, that's when I yeah yeah that's the first time I heard anyone say this expression, which I just I think is so great, which is the uh, our teacher who was a gruff old ca- cowboy character, he uh, he said he barked out, if you want to be a man at night, got to be a man in the morning. That's how he felt about it. Like if you guys want to have fun at night. Better do your work when you come in here, because I don't want to have to carry the fucking load, which is what he did for that first semester anyway, because everyone, mm-hmm. everyone but two students were, were new. And uh, we still got in like like six to eight horses every day to get worked on. And so he was the one who was doing most of the the shoeing and trimming and stuff like that, because everyone else was like just learning. So Here's what sangria I felt like was. Sure. But what is it? What is it exactly? Well, first of all, I'll tell you. Yeah. Um, so basically, sangria is like you gotta get some wine, like it's a red wine. Sure. So this is like a fruity, dry wine. Yeah. Uh, and then you're gonna take like a liquor, like a brandy or a rum. Oh. So one okay. of those two. Yeah. You get a little bit of sweetener. That can be like a regular sugar or brown sugar, cane sugar. Okay. Orange juice. Yeah. And then just a bunch of fruit, like apples and oranges that you throw in as okay. well and mix that yeah. all together. Huh. I don't know why you need the um, sugar. Since, you know, it, rum is kind of, like, all all this seems pretty sweet. And then you're adding a little more sweet to it. Mm-hmm. That seems too much sweet. <laughs> um, but what, what this was like was when I was in high school, late high school, early yeah. college, uh, people would drink, uh, like, uh, peach uh, coolers. Oh, that was very popular. Very popular. It's sort of like my first drink. It's mm-hmm. like, it's kind of soda, but it gets you drunk. Peach snaps. Yeah. Or, well... <laughs> you, you, you try some peach snaps, like, but a peach cooler <laughs> yeah, is, yeah. is very much like a soda. Yeah. And so uh, sangria would be that kind of drink, too. Just mm. like, ah, it's fruity enough. Sure. There you go. And then if you want to, you know, you don't want to, like, get too, you you, you know, dump it out and then you fill it the rest with, like, more orange juice and, yeah. you know, just yeah. pat it and keep filling it with orange juice through the night. Yeah. And, you know, it's that it's that trick. And then no one looks at you askance. Yeah. As they would me, who's not drinking anything. Well, this was a, this was something my wife, uh, my wife, Pia. Um, uh, my wife. I feel weird. Yeah, first, I don't want to bore at this. And, t- and two, <laughs> I feel weird calling her my wife. Um, she is your wife. I know, but it's weird, like, referring to somebody in that way over and over again. It's strange. Mm. Like, it feels odd. Mm-hmm. Um but when she was uh, starting off in the comics industry, she got some good advice, which was always have a drink with you at a party, mm. but don't drink it. Mm. Like have it with you and just like little sips. But, you know, people won't be like, hey, what's she doing? Like it looks like, you know, you're comfortable. You're at the party. You've got yeah, a drink. Yeah, yeah. You're socializing. You're walking around. But don't be the kind of person who then nervously drinks it and then gets a refill and drinks it and gets a refill. And then <laughs> I'll tell you about the industry. And then, <laughs> I'll tell you about Jack Kirby. Yeah. When you go to San Diego Comic-Con, the social place to be is the bar mm. uh, at the Hyatt, usually. And 
And then you see some people who have drank their drinks. And they got strong opinions, and they are burning the bridges. There they go. Well, they don't have to do that now. They have, they have Twitter. Yeah, you can burn your bridge on Twitter pretty yeah. good. Yeah, you sure can. Yeah, no no problem. <laughs> That's what you want to do. You don't need to do it in person. That is a thing. That is a thing. It's. Uh, I was listening to um, my neighbor. Mm. There's a gentleman who lives behind me who's in the video game industry, and he's got a podcast. Yeah. Uh, it's a good podcast. Is it, is it? Oh, is it good? Yeah, it's called Heavily Pixelated, and okay. it's uh, quite good. It's about video games. Oh, sounds like how... it's a, about uh, that movie. Are you thinking uh, uh, Twitter-pated? Oh, maybe I think of Twitter-pated, yeah. I think, yeah. yeah. Uh, which is... Uh, no, no, no. Mr. Deeds Goes to... Goes yeah, to... Mr. Deeds Goes to Town. That's Twitter-pated? Yeah. Oh, okay, sorry. He's Twitter-pated. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. That's Pixelated fine. does sound like Twitter-pated. Yeah, You're not yeah. uh, incorrect. Yeah. Uh, but he was talking about E3, which is the big video game... Uh, kind of conference and how it might not be coming back and uh you know how people never thought oh i could never go away but because it went away because of covid yeah people are like yeah maybe we don't need it <laughs> and i feel that way some about some big comic cons and stuff now too it's like yeah. oh well this is the only way you meet people and you go oh, maybe you don't maybe you don't need it maybe you don't everyone's everyone's like adjusting and going hmm, maybe, uh, i don't know well what's needed what's not you know i like you say you can burn bridges at home oh <laughs> well, i mean i guess it feels to me though like twitter or not twitter but a comics comics job like a comic job is so you're so isolated that yeah you think you'd want to like get out and see yeah, meet some of the people that you're wrong. also working with you know you are not incorrect about that sometimes you have to like fight that desire just to like stop doing something then lay on the couch for a while and then go to bed well it's tough yeah because there's so many are like introverts and so it's mm-hmm. you know it's tempting to just go i eh, don't need home. this stuff we weren't sure about like uh we did a uh, con uh this weekend mm-hmm. and uh it was like oh does this feel safe will this be safe oddly enough uh the only person who wasn't wearing a mask was the guy sitting next to me <laughs> who i already knew huh. who you know is he making a statement a bold statement <sighs> lord he was there was a there was a point where like he was explaining it to someone else who was sort of wearing a mask like below the nose mm. and it was like yeah i don't yeah i don't care i forget it um <laughs> but uh for the most part it was uh it, it, it was good to be out there and seeing things again yeah. it was still kind of you know not full 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 but it was yeah. it was it was good and the nicest thing of course was and i wrote you guys uh by uh, you guys i mean you and nina uh every so often about it yeah was uh because we didn't have big banners up or anything so kids would come by and they'd see the sparks books yeah and they'd be hey hey that's sparks and I'm like <laughs> uh yeah yeah I, I i wrote that what do you mean i wrote that what well, makes no sense what i'm saying i'm talking <laughs> yeah. nonsense yeah uh and then they're just thrilled that like oh my god you wrote that and then i tell them the new book's coming and they're double plus thrilled yeah yeah and quite a few of them didn't know there was a second book because there was no big push for the second book yeah yeah. and so you know they immediately run to their parents and grab them with claws and drag (laughs) them and then they're like oh that's that book you like and it's like oh this is nice this just feels nice yeah and then they get the book and then they're like more than one was just like actually jumping up and down when they got the book they were so excited (laughs) and then they're like walking with their parents like later and i can see they're reading the book as they're walking with their parents that was just really really nice that's great but like so, uh, of all a Excuse lot me. of kids came by and maybe four of them didn't know what sparks was hmm. and i and after explaining it to them they liked it <laughs> but like the rest of them all knew sparks 
Yeah. So that was that was a kick, and most of them had read about it or, or had it read to them in their school yeah. or and, and something connected with that. And that that's a problem, like because of COVID, there's been no uh, scholastic book book fair days yeah. at the schools, so the kids don't don't even get like a flyer to tell giving them an like a choice to to get the second book. So yeah. yeah. I think there is a now because I think there was was some some push for the for the third book. We got a third book coming out. Uh, I haven't heard, uh, but I but I think it was part of their you know March Madness, and it's like it comes out in April. <laughs> well, delayed. they're just they're just trying to cash in on the NCAA. Oh, of course they are March Madness. And that is the uh, that is what Sparks is all about. <laughs> in a nutshell, that's what it is. We love basketball. Yeah, especially college basketball. Oh. But it was uh, it was really nice, and there were some Extra Sisters fans, which was also really nice to see, who had not uh, gotten the second book, so they were happy to get it. Oh, there was great. there was a couple of people who had like the last time I had been at the con, they had bought the first book, mm. and so they they wanted the the second book, and that oh, was a, that was a thrill. And and mm-hmm. Pia, of course, gets like a nice crowd always, and mm-hmm. you know it was it was very very sweet uh, all, all along. <laughs> there were some people that would you know ask the question, were like. Hey, hey, so uh, how's the show doing? It's like, oh, well, it uh, it didn't get renewed. I was like, yeah, I heard that. Oh, well, then <laughs> what a dumb question. Like, <laughs> it's just a weird question. Like, it, it it really felt like at some point people were coming up like, hey, how, how, how's, how's your dead grandfather doing? <laughs> is he, uh, is he, is he, how's he, how's he? He's yeah. uh, dead. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, I heard he was dead. So uh, is he coming back or what's going on? Oh. Uh, probably I don't know. Don't think so. Maybe I don't know. There's it gets resurrected by some zombie folks, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, it was weird. There's there's a couple of people like that who would ask that kind of stuff. Like you know, yeah, like I know, but that's fine. Maybe they're hoping you'd say, "Oh, well, you didn't hear it. You didn't hear it's been da da da." And and who the heck knows? Again, the weird thing about it is, you know, even though Grandpa, you know, hasn't been renewed for a second season, mm-hmm. uh, Grandpa is still around. That's the weird, weird, weird bit. Is like it's still you know it's still playing it's still on Hulu it's still you know on FX now it's mm-hmm. still people are discovering it still every day uh, but eh. uh, but uh, it was it was not, one really really nice thing was Pia had three of the companions with uh, com- companions is that what they call them compilations uh, something like that begins with a C uh, but it's the entire series cookies? in one book no it wasn't cookies oh okay uh, but uh, it was the entire series in one book. And these fuckers are heavy. <laughs> and they're like about 150 bucks. Okay. And so uh, they're heavy to bring there. And yeah. she sold all three of them. Oh, that's good. And it was like, oh. Every time that she sold them, I was just like, <laughs> oh, we don't have to carry that back. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Oh, yay. <laughs> so nice. I mean, the money's nice, too. But sure, also, I was sure. like, oh, boy. Okay. That feels good. Not carrying that back. That is good. It's nice going in with a bunch of heavy boxes, and then it's really nice leaving with not a lot of boxes. Mm-hmm. That feels good. <laughs> yeah. That is a good feeling. Yeah. Well, I'm glad it was good. good. It was. It was uh, It was nice to see. Did it make you uh, interested in um, more cons? Yes, and I'm not 100% sure whether I'm going to Moncton in June. I can't quite find the information. Okay. But there is a small chance I may be going to Moncton in June. Nice. Yeah, it would be nice if if I was. Oh, there was one thing that was fun at the con. Uh, one, I got to see William Shatner. Like, I didn't like meet him, meet him, but I yeah, was like yeah. close enough to him to see him, see him. Yeah, uh, he looks good. Does he? He glows. 
That guy is glorious. I know people make fun of his hair, but it was beautiful. It was a beautiful head of hair. And then they had um, uh, the guy from... Is it a wig that he wears? I would assume so. It used to be. So unless there's been a a real Elton Johnny, (laughs) you know, it looks good though. Like he put some dough into it. Sure, sure. It's quality, quality head. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, he's what, like 90 something? Mm. God damn, that guy can tell a story. (laughs) He can just spin a yarn, you know. Yeah. Uh, he was telling him about going to space. It was great. And then they had the cast of um, Lo- Superman and Lois, which yes. is one of one of my favorite shows. We talked about that. Uh, and, Bitsy uh, Tulloch. What's that? Bitsy Tulloch. Tyler Hecklin. Yeah. And the kids were there as well, though? Uh, only the... Yes, both of them were. That's right. <laughs> the blonde one, uh, beefier than you would think. Like a meteor, like strong looking guy. There's uh, a blonde one? I thought they were both dark-haired. No, there's Oh, one I guess, that, yeah, the football the football son is, is kind of blonde. Well, they're both football sons in the in the thing. But, yeah, there's one with kind of longer hair and one with shorter hair. And the one with shorter hair, yeah, you would not mm. think, like, you know, they don't show him as, like, super uh, strong guy. But here's what you do get from Ty- Tyler. Is that his name? I think, I think we uh, talked about this. Oh, boy, his eyebrows. Did we talk about his eyebrows? <laughs> no. He is 90% eyebrows. And again, right? he was wearing the mask. Yeah. Uh, for the most part. Uh, but like you see him and you're just like, whoa, you don't really get the, how big his eyebrows are uh, in uh, on television. But mm. yeah, that that guy has a lot of eyebrows. <laughs> good good looking though. Like stunningly good looking. But like, sure. woo. And then uh, Lois is uh, just uh, looks like a strong breeze and she would go. Very gentle, but also very yes, beautiful. Yes, yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It was just a thrill to see actresses. them. Like, I just wanted to go, your show's really good. I really enjoy it. <laughs> and then you see uh, Tom Welling was there. So you got two Superman. Tom Welling. Oh, yeah. Okay. From Smallville. Okay. And uh, and I could tell there's a couple of people that saw him and were like, eh. And I would go, no, you're thinking of Dean Cain. Like, oh, I was thinking of Dean Cain. Yeah. It's like, yeah. People think. People, people see him and they think, oh, that guy. He's been doing some... Oh. No, you're thinking Dean Cain. He's been... Uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. No, he's, he's not Dean Cain. He's been acting in those pure flicks movies. Yeah. Um, it's. I was just curious if... Um, I can't remember the actor's name, but if the lead actor from Grimm was there, because I think I think he's married to a Bitsy Tulloch. Oh, I don't know. They married uh, at the uh, at some point in their run on Grimm oh, together. Nice. Okay. But I think they're still together. I don't know for sure. I hope sure. so. Yeah, me too. I would assume that. Well, maybe not because I mean, not that they're married. I was like, I don't know if he would be there. Yeah. Because he would probably live here because they shoot here, mm-hmm. and so you know they'd probably be in his house. You know, but he's not necessarily. I would think that someone from Grimm would have some draw for maybe people who like that sort well, of. Well, they weren't. Yeah, they weren't really heavily pitched. The 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 you know who they were heavily pushing. Because mm. um, Kevin, Kevin, yeah, that's true. Kevin Smith uh, wasn't there. Okay. Uh, so Jason Mewes wasn't there. Okay. Um, but two of the other actors from Clerks were, were there, and that was fine. But they had the Trailer Park Boys. Ah, okay. People are losing their damn minds. People love that show. They were signing in character. Nice. Which is how you do it. Yes. You know, when when, when you're getting a picture taken with the Trailer Park Boys. You want bubbles. You, don't, you, you want, want bubbles. You don't want bubbles with no glasses. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, his hair in a weird way. Yeah. It's like... You want fucking bubbles. You, you want Johnny to have his hair all comb, comb back and everything. Yeah, so they're they're signing in care, and they're just doing all their voices and yeah, yeah. And clearly, they're not. You know, yeah, they're they're being better people than they would be on the show. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, oh, it's it fun. Everyone That's was great. just like, <gasps> "That's great!" Just genuine thrills. Yeah, so it should be. That was a fun show. And the nice thing about that show was 
that was a show like when I was in Halifax working on Street Sense. Yeah. Um, that's when that kind of started. Mm. And they those guys were all uh, behind the scenes guys. Yes. Who were like, yeah, CBC's got nothing funny on. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, we should do something. Yeah. Like, oh, let's see you do something. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And they made their own little short and then they made film and then thing. And it's like, yeah. And then became incredibly successful. It's yeah. like, yeah, you showed them. And it has Good a great job. And it has a great arc to the story as well. Like, oh, does it? Yeah. Like it really works as like a, a long term story as well. That's fun. It's a good. Uh, it was a good show. And it has uh, Jonathan um, Torrance. Jonathan Torrance was so good on it. Uh, yeah, I mean, this really drew from like a great well of great well of talent. Yeah, Jonathan area. had just left Street Sense mm. and was it came back to a couple of guest star things when yeah. I was there. Yeah, and then he started working on um, Jonavision with my friend uh, Roger. Right, that after was that. fun. Jonavision was fun too. Yeah, yeah. No, the. <laughs> We have to no no. I just meant like I was sort of denying. Like, it was a good show. Wait, no, no, no. I didn't mean like that. I meant, I meant. I don't know what I meant. I mean, kind of meant like no. I think people have the wrong idea of Trailer Park Boys and and. Well, because it looks mean. It does look mean, but it's not a mean show. It's actually quite quite uh, good-hearted. Yep. And uh, yeah. I couldn't tell you how many movies there have been. Yeah, I'm not sure. I've not, I kind of lost track of it after the show. Yeah, right off but the they end. all made money. They all did well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, good on good on them. Yeah, I had a friend who loved it, so I kind of was I was kind of forced to watch it at the beginning. I, I was kind of like, oh, I, I don't want to. There was kind an of, animated freaking. I think there was too. Yeah, yeah. At first, I was like that. I was kind of like, oh, it looks kind of mean. I don't want to watch that. And then he's like, no, no, it's really good. Mm-hmm. So he forced me to watch it. it. You know, it has mean parts to it, of course, because yeah, it's you know, but it's overall. So good job, Trailer Park Boys. Good job. I'm glad. I'm glad they were glad they were still. I mean, yeah. I guess in Canada, they're still they still have they still are out there. So people are get excited. That's good. Here's the thing, and not to get too into politics right now, but uh, uh, I was checking earlier on to see how Mannequin on the Moon. I got a comic strip called Mannequin on the Moon. They I've heard of my it. wife. My wife. Um, and so I was checking on Go Comics. To see what was trending, and we were trending, so that was nice. That's very good. Um, but one you're the, trendy. But there was a bunch of trending cartoons uh, with um, Putin as ah. Hitler, and I'm like, oh, oh wow. okay, because it's gone yeah. full Hitler. Yeah. And I'm like, but they, but they're kind of mixed up with a bunch of cartoons of uh, Justin Trudeau as <laughs> Hitler <laughs> from like about two days ago. Uh, yeah. So it's like you know, you got, it's uh, you, you go through Hitler so fast nowadays. Yes. Just oh, so fast. And poor Trudeau, like it, he didn't even have a chance to be Hitler for that long. And then all of a sudden, someone comes along and like swipes it away from you. Yeah. The first, the first time I saw something like that, like in pre- in modern times, I was in Seattle walking along the sidewalk, and someone was selling pictures of Obama as Hitler, like with a Hitler mustache. Yeah. And I was kind of st- struck because, and then you know, obviously we've had. We not us, but there have been unpopular presidents, usually for things that they've done that were unpopular. You know, like say Richard Nixon or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I've never occurred to me that people would be like angry at a president who hadn't done hadn't done anything. And I was just like, well, what's going on? Like, I didn't say anything to the person, obviously, but I was no. just thinking to myself, what what is this? Like, this is weird. And people, you've seen people are mad at Obama. Why? Like you've seen infinity amount of editorial cartoons about Nixon, right? Like, like forever. Yeah. Like so many, so yeah. many, he's so many. A, he's can not a you, crook. Can you imagine? Like, just picture them all in your head. Now let's sort through and let's find one with him with a Hitler mustache. <laughs> 
I can't find one. Yeah. And not in my memory. Yeah. And you think like, so that was not a thing to do. Yeah. It's not, it wasn't a go-to. Yeah. You would, you would, yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't do that. And even mm-hmm. like, you know, George, you know, Bush. Yeah. Like either Bush, mm-hmm. you know, like, well, they're doing some stuff I disagree with. Or even, yeah. you know, uh, you know, Ronald Reagan. Like, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. No, you would like find a picture of him with a Hitler mustache. No. No. And then all of a sudden it just became... Hitler mustache. <laughs> That's the way to go. No, this guy's a dictator. He's he's t- bossing us around. He's, you know, some lady, she gave $50 to the truckers and they closed her bank account. And they doxed her. <laughs> I was reading, someone had that they on Facebook. They what up doxed her. They, they, so on Facebook. And I was like, oh, it's so funny because I don't want to like get into it this, with this person who is a Facebook friend. I knew them in high school. And I'm, you know, I... I'm not going to hate them because of their dumb political opinions. But you're just like, like you're repeating a lie that mm-hmm. someone said, but you're mixing up their lie. Like it's already changing in front of us, yeah. right? Like, because the there's a MP in Chilliwack, which is a fairly conservative area. It's a farming area. So it's a lot of, you know, elderly Dutch people and, and religious maniacs out there. So it's a conservative area. And so he tweeted something about this, a, wo- a woman... A local, a single mother had given $50 to the trucker's convoy, and then the government shut down her her bank account, and people were like, well, who is this person? Like, you can't just say that. Who is this person? Oh, I don't want to give her a name out. Mm-hmm. And people were like, and then people are like looking through, like, because you can see the list of contributors. Yeah. And they're like looking through the list. They're Let's like, well, $50. only two people have given $50. Ah, a woman in Ontario and a woman in Quebec. Is oh, that okay. who you're talking about? He's like, no, no, I just don't want to give her a name out because I don't want I don't want her to get doxxed. That's what he said. Sure. So someone might close your banking hack now. Yes, that's right. So then, so he said that. So it's gone from I don't want her to get doxxed to this person writing about it on Facebook and saying that she had had been doxxed. Yeah. And I just thought that was pretty interesting how it how it, the, the truth morphs. Like I say, I'm not going to get into it with the person. Start going like, well, who is this person? Well, how did you hear about this? Um, but yeah. I just think when you read it and you just go, oh, well, you're wrong. You're completely wrong. And the other thing is, I, I'm glad that we brought this up because last yeah. week we were talking about the trucker's convoy and I was kind of like, a bunch of dum-dums who don't want to wear masks. You know, no, no, it's not, it's not a bunch of dum-dums who don't want to wear masks. These people are a bunch of kooks. They're not just dum-dums. They're like... So what's the difference between a dum-dum and a kook? Well, okay, how about this? And how about a loudmouth schnook? <laughs> well, that's Dr. Seuss' character. Oh, it's actually a Looney Tunes character. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, that was Henry Hawk. So um, now I don't know if you knew this, but they, when the truckers were heading into Ottawa, they they issued a list of demands. Yeah. That they wanted to they wanted the politicians to meet these demands, like right. and they said we're registered at the bay. <laughs> That's right. We have a gift registry. No, they had a list of demands. <laughs> gravy <It's>... boat, gravy <laughs> boat, a different gravy boat, Vera Wang dishes. <laughs> and so Frogger their, machine. Their demand, this is their demand. They want they want the members of parliament to <laughs> quit parliament okay. and then turn themselves in for trial sure. for crimes against humanity. Okay. This is their first this is number one. Legitimate. I'm not joking around. This is their We're first. We're not warming up. No, they're not even. They, they didn't start. They didn't start. Like you know, they didn't start off with like we want you know people to, to use coasters because we don't want stains on the tables. That's right. They didn't start soft and then move up to insanity. More convoy. They songs. started at insanity and <laughs> it only got more one. insane. Yeah. So 
I was watching like a report on Vice News about them. Uh-huh. And uh and so cuz what's nice about Vice is they they can kind of they can kind of like embed themselves into groups like this. Yes. And they don't and people don't get mad at them. They're not like CBC News, well I'm not telling you nothing. Yeah. And so they were talking to this guy. He's like he was a unemployed farmer from Saskatchewan. So I felt sorry for this person. I'm like, "Oh, poor guy. You know, out of work, lost his farm. I don't know what happened exactly, but you know, but he's got some money to drive a truck or whatever he's driving, a tractor or whatever he's driven into Ottawa and take time, take a month off work to go go around and block sure. streets in the city. And uh, he does like regular updates on Facebook every day. He talks to his phone and tells people where he is and what's going on. And they're talking to this guy and, and then uh, they show another guy, different guy, standing on a box yelling through a megaphone, telling, you know, the, that they don't want the IMF to create a cashless society, which is what COVID's about. It's as part of this part of this pandemic okay. to turn, you know, take away money, like take away cash. Right. Uh, well, I mean, you had SARS, and that got rid of the penny. <laughs> I guess that's where it started. Right? It was just a very yeah, it started very penny ante, and now it's getting bigger. Yeah, it's going straight. This this a penny now, all cash is yeah. going to disappear. Uh, I mentioned to someone at work, and he went. Good luck. But anyway, I said, well, yeah, of course. It's like insane. So, and then they go back to this guy and he's like, he's like, you know, as long as we're peaceful, we're going to win. And we're going to inspire people around the world. As long as we're peaceful, we're going to win. And this, and he says, well, what are you, the journalist is like, well, what are you going to win? Like, what is the goal of this? Well, we're going to bring all those responsible to trial. It's like, well, like, who are the people who are responsible? You know, the people who are responsible for these crimes against humanity. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, and I was watching this and I was thinking like, I didn't realize that they were kooks. I just thought they were dum-dums. You thought, you know, just like, I don't want to wear a mask. And, and I don't think I should have to get a vac- vaccine. And so I'm going to drive into your city and honk my horns and block, block traffic until you say that we don't have to wear masks anymore. But it's not that. I mean, it is that. But it's deeper than that. That's yeah. just like one symptom just of a deeper underlying complete the, what, bonkers what insanity you do to people with crimes against humanity because this seems like execution <laughs> i do not, i really well, it's peace like, it's peaceful execution that's right it's long as we're peaceful yeah we can execute these people for their crimes against humanity I, I, like i don't understand like uh for one thing there's like a deep disconnect from these uh, from these people about what a prime minister is versus what a president is mm-hmm. Like, when you listen to them talk, you realize, oh, they think we're in America. They think we're Americans. Apparently, there was a guy who was on trial. Like, he was in, like, trial in court for misdemeanor or whatever. And he said, he said, well, you're, uh, I thought I had, like, a First Amendment right to do this. And the judge was like, no. Well, aren't you, like, you know, denying my First Amendment rights? He says, no. You don't have First Amendment rights. You're under the rights and charters of freedom in Canada. You're thinking of America. <laughs> He's like, oh. It's like. Where do you live? So wait a minute. What planet? Can the army stay in my house? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're there right now. What? Yeah. They're all in your house. They're yeah. petting your dog. Petting your dog. <laughs> um, yeah, I was talking to this guy at work and he's like, can't we agree? This is a classic, yeah. right? Can't we all agree? <laughs> Peacefully. That no one could possibly support Justin Trudeau. And if you did, you just have to be crazy. I'm like, I said, okay, I'll... He's not my favorite person in the world, Justin Trudeau. Like, yeah, he's a bit of a conniving politician. Yeah, that's his thing. But that's different from go to that to lock him up. 
And also to think about him like he's the president of Canada, which is how they think of him. Yeah. I'm like, you realize that he's just a figurehead for a party, right? Like he's not the president. He's not separate from the party he represents. He is a part of that party. He is the first minister of that party. And if you get rid of him, it's the same party. It's just a different figurehead for that party that will carry on the same policies. They're not going to change their policies because those are liberal government policies. Mm-hmm. And what, what are you objecting to anyway? Like, I don't understand what you're objecting to. Because most of the things that you're objecting to are not federal. They're provincial. Like, if you're against mask mandates and vaccinations, those are all mandated provincially. Because health is a provincial matter. The, gov- the federal government, it doesn't even want to pay for them anymore because it doesn't get any say in provincial health. And, like, so I don't understand what, like, the, what you guys are, what the fuss is. <laughs> you know, like, and then I, I said, and I, I don't know if you know what they're talking about in Ottawa. These tr- people, I don't want to call them truckers because 90% of truckers are, yeah. are vaccinated. I don't know if you've listened to what these people are talking about, but they're, they're insane. And so you talking about them like they're not insane is insane. And it makes me kind of wonder if you're okay. Cause I feel like that's mental health issues on parade. And if you're say, talking about it like it's okay, then I'm worried about you. You got very upset when I said that. <laughs> but I, he just wants to get a rise out of us. Sure. So when I just turn it around and like talk to him like I'm concerned, which I am, because I'm concerned. I feel like this is like a mental illness. Like these sort of things like QAnon and all those things are like cult-like levels of mental illness, you know? And it's disturbing when people start talking to you like it's real. Like, hey, I'll laugh about it all day long if you want. I'll talk about it. But don't tell me that you really do think that JFK is coming back to save the children in Hollywood or something like that. Like, this is, this is nonsense created by some people who live in the Philippines. Yeah. And the reason they live there is so they can run a, a, a website that has child abuse on it. Yeah. So what's going on? Yeah, <laughs> like this chaos, insane upside down chaos world. Chaos and this kind of thing is profitable. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah. you know, they, they, you just went through like a bunch of years of, you know, Trump and, and now, of course, you got Putin doing this thing. Mm. So, so it feels like, oh, powerful world leaders can just do what they want. Like they can just go, well, this is what we're doing today. Mm-hmm. And then everyone goes, yes, sir. And then they're <laughs> going to do it. And so, yeah, it's a, it, it runs differently in Canada. It runs differently in other countries. Yeah. But people don't know that. Yeah. And why should they? Why should they know that? What do they care? Well, what they we should know that if, I mean, oh, well, I feel it disappointed. Why don't we have a schoolhouse rock about it? <laughs> we should get this. Let's get some schoolhouse rocks going. Hey, Let's you about How's hair is fucking works. <laughs> it doesn't work like you might think. You dinks. Here's how it works. You bunch of fucking jerks. The guy ain't in charge of shit. That's it. <laughs> That's right. He does, he's not in charge of shit. He's he can't set policy. Your head when he gets out of bed. He's not running the whole country. There's a bunch of guys with him. They're all committing sins. But there's lots in the bed with him. <laughs> That's right. You know, like he's yeah, like. Like, um, he's the face. And what a face. He's the face of, of that. Yeah. But, and it appears to me that he is as impatient about having to wear masks and follow all these rules as everyone else is. The way he jets off to places and goes without a mask here and there and yeah. goes, you know, and spends time with his family at a cabin with a bunch of other people and creates his own super spreader event. You know, 
that's if you want to get mad about that, get mad about it. Sure, that's fine. You can get mad about politicians being yeah. hypocritical and stuff. In fact, that's you great. Should. In you fact, should. that's what Eastern Canada is basically about. <laughs> Have you ever been to the Maritimes? That's like ninety-five percent of what it is. It's getting mad about the government. Like, oh, the guy in government. It's like, look at him. He's not wearing a mask. That makes me so mad. Uh, look at him. Look, he's wearing a mask. Sure. Oh, virtual sig- virtuous sing- signaling is what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, that's virtual right. signaling. Virtuous, he's doing it online. Virtuous signaling. Virtuous, uh, <laughs> virtual. Signaling. Virginal signal signaling. Yeah, Singleton. Yes. John Singleton. John Singleton. He's making me so mad he's wearing a mask. Why are there two movies called The Mask? One's got your Jim Carrey and one's got Cher. It's confusing. Pick it up, think I'm getting uh Cuban Pete and like I'm getting a touching story of a mother's love. Ah, I'm gonna go have some cod. <laughs> so mad. If you can get some, but the government took it away from us. Oh, they took it away, and you know what? They, <laughs> they gave it all to the Spaniards. That's right. They t- they took away the cod's bank account and doxed them. <laughs> That's all. They're doxing all the cod. The cod contributed to the Trekkers convoy. They doxed its they doxed its bank account. I don't know how it works, really. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but oh, I just it's so crazy right now. It's just Mary was. Um, I, she suggested I, I uh, make some uh, bumper stickers for the the guy at work, for, which uh, was uh, <laughs> her bumper sticker was "Honk if you want to kill your neighbor." <laughs> Honk if you have no empathy for people. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, keep on sucking. <laughs> oh. So good. This is yeah, this is nuts. <laughs> I'm just picturing someone who just puts a bumper sticker up every day because they don't know how Twitter works. I'm just gonna put what I tweet on my bumper instead. Yeah. There you go. There it goes. I know I've got like a guy who was like it was a clever comedian, and now yeah, like just the other day there, you had a, a a Hitler Trudeau on there, and like oh oh boy, okay, you were clever. Mm. What happened to you? Like even if you believe this shit. <laughs> Be clever about it. Yeah, Look, be so obvious. I don't agree with Dennis Miller, but yeah. at least the guy's putting a fucking effort into his dumb views. <laughs> like he's still he's still putting some sweat into it. Yeah. Like uh, uh, go for it. Not into his tweets, so. though. Oh no, not very good. <laughs> it's garbage. No, it's kind of garbage. It's like he dictates him to someone when he gets when he's just woken up. Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ! Look at like uh, the late uh, P.J. O'Rourke. He put some work into that stuff. Was it funny? No, near the end, not at all. But <laughs> no, put a lot of no. work into it. Yeah, There's early sweat on. equity in that. Yeah, I mean, if you early stuff, yeah, yeah. early stuff, great. Mm-hmm. You know, but he still kept doing it, and he still kept sweating through it. <laughs> put in the work. Put in the work. That's what I say. Mark Russell, put in the work. Yep, age and guile beats youth in a bad haircut. That's a Pedro O'Rourke book. Oh, age and guile. Age. I thought you said Asian guile. Oh, not Asian guile. Age <laughs> and guile. Yeah, okay. Sorry, I'll pronounce that more clearly. Age and guile. Yeah. Beat youth and a bad haircut. Yeah. Okay. That was one of his books. That's clever. I I enjoy his writing. You know. Yes, he's a uh, what do you what do you call those people? Dead. Kind of like um. He's dead now. Kind of like that British writer who we talked. Shakespeare. <laughs> yes, he's kind of like Shakespeare, that he wrote many plays, all of them in iambic pentameter. No, I was thinking of the the um, the British writer. There's a lot of them. Who, that doesn't... Anthony, or no, to, uh, not Anthony. 
And you guys know him. Uh, everyone out there knows who I'm talking about. He wrote that article that women aren't funny. Oh, Christopher Hitchens. Yes, Christopher Hitchens. That's right. Yes. Good old Anthony Christopher Hitchens. <laughs> Sorry. When I said Anthony, I knew I was wrong and I, I wanted to take it back, but I was too late. I was thinking of a different uh, Tony Hitchens. Also dead. He is also dead. Exactly. Yeah. But also one of those sort of people that like to poke the bear or like to, or like to poke other people's bears. Yeah. <laughs> or just poke anything. Who, but both, both guys used to go regularly on uh, the Bill Maher show. Mm. Yeah, and mm. uh, Bill would be, ah, uh, you guys are great because you're really bear pokers. It pays. Like, it pays. Well, I mean, when you have a show like that, you want you want a certain amount of attention. So those guys are going to bring you attention. Yeah. Bill, Bill Maher's big problem right now to... is uh, he is the disher outer who cannot take it at all. <laughs> and he, well, that is not. He's not alone as a comic in that. No, that's true. That's that's a, that's an old timey yeah. Thing comics have a hard time of taking it yeah, uh, which you got to be able to take it. You yes, take it. that's part of the fun. Yeah, it's the give and take. You can't get mad if you're playing the dozens. You can't get mad that someone's insulting you. Yeah, it also it gives you a lot more freedom to do what you're doing if you can take a shot uh, to the puss. Yeah. Uh, afterwards, but like when you're, you know, I, I can joke about this. You can't. Yeah, yeah. You know, no, just like that's, <laughs> oh, that's weird. That's right. And then when it's like a lot of stuff about cancel culture and stuff, usually it's like, well, you're kind of, hmm, you're kind of. Uh, yeah. I don't think you can. Uh, eh, well, and so on and so forth. I I love a good burn. Mm-hmm. Like I love when someone points out like some foible or flaw of mine, you know, and if it's un- I'm not, obviously I don't want to point it out like seriously but in a funny way or yeah. whatever you know, like make fun of it, and also you know, makes my advanced you, age or it whatever. makes you be- yeah if it's just something about you know hey you're ugly I'm like ooh <laughs> sad um, but if it's, yeah, it's something that makes you better then jeez you know, or, better, or it just out. makes you laugh because it's a good but a that good makes burn. you better like yeah. it makes you better to see the yeah the, that kind of thing yeah. it's it just it's better it's better um, Dave yeah uh, vampires Vampires, indeed. Some you know, people say they suck. <laughs> Other people say those people also draw pictures of appear or I mean, uh, Justin Trudeau with a Hitler mustache. Yeah, they do. <laughs> no one ever uh, gave Dracula a Hitler mustache, and that guy did a lot of bad stuff. <laughs> but he's not real. Hitler? Yeah. Oh, Hitler denier, huh? <laughs> well, that all makes a lot of sense now. <laughs> that's that's Dave's problem with drawing the Hitler mustache is he thinks that Hitler wasn't real. Mm-hmm. I do. So um, I'll tell you a little funny story before I read. Because we went out for dinner last night. We couldn't go on Tuesday. You go out for dinner a bit. I do. But I went out for dinner. Wait a second. Yeah. You had two desserts. No, I didn't. I was showing Lisa's dessert, if that's the picture you're thinking of. No, no. I'm hearing like you got a spare dessert from this birthday thing. Oh. Said like, hey, here's a... uh, Well, I mean, I had one dessert. dessert. Oh, you had one dessert. Yeah, because I got a free dessert. Oh, so you didn't get... You didn't order dessert and now here's another dessert. No, it wasn't that. It was I just got a free dessert. Okay, because there was a picture online of you. That's a different. That was from the night before. Lisa and I went to a, a kind of a newish restaurant in Langley called Fire Fire Cut. Okay, and it's a they cook Good fire. Time to go out a lot. <laughs> it's my birthday week, so we went. Uh, so it was my birthday night, and you know we went out for dinner. Okay, so we went to this place that has like a fire a wood wood stove for pizza. Oh, that's nice. Wood fired pizza. A wood fired ice cream. And they also had wood-fired ice cream. That's right. And so, yeah, they, they had these milkshakes. They were, like, advertised on the board. And it was, like, a, a Kit Kat milkshake. And so oh, okay. And a brown, and there was a birthday cake one, which it turns out, if it was my birthday, I could have got that one for free. But I'm not the biggest fan of birthday cake. Yeah. Like, so I don't want to have, like, it as a milkshake. I mean, I'll, I'll eat it, of course. If people make me a birthday cake. If people make cake, I will eat cake. Right. 
But it's not like I'm not super excited about having it as a milkshake. So From what I heard, you'll also have shots of things, like any, as long as someone brings one to you. Well, yeah, I would have drank it if they had brought it. Okay. No problem, but they didn't. All right. Some sort of random wheel of fo- fortune. Okay. <laughs> I guess they spit it in the back. So, so there was one day there where you yeah. did have two desserts. No, no. One was Lisa's. And the other was mine. So there was a Kit Kat milkshake, oh, okay. which was mine. And then there was a brownie milkshake, which was Lisa's. Okay, did she But she not... wanted to take a picture of both of them. And I was in the picture uh-huh. making go- a goofy face. Oh, but did she not say that they were both for you? No, I don't think so. Uh-huh. If she did, she was uh, exaggerating. I think there was for... two dessert Dedricks. I think that <laughs> it was... was a comedy. Okay, well, she might have said that. It was a, it was a bit of comedy, though. She, okay. I did not eat her uh, milkshake. I'd not even a bit. Drink her milkshake. Or drink it. Because there would be blood then. But there was, there was brownie, like two pieces of brownie in the milkshake as well. Okay. Two brownies? Two brownies in okay. the milkshake. All right. And then the rest, there, was a, there were big milkshakes. All right. So that was that day. The that next was that day. day. The next day, I got a free dessert at the restaurant that we ate at with the girls. And then we came home. Actually, the girls wanted us to come over to their place, but we couldn't because I needed to go home because I had to edit Horse Mysteries so that it could be come out today. Episode three. Episode three came out today. Called? Called The Wild West or Bad Blood. All right. Either title, Lisa was uh, undecided. And that is hosted by yourself and uh, it is, Lisa Williams. It is hosted by me and and told by Lisa. The story is told by Lisa. I had hilarious commentary, well-known fact, uh, several interjections like, hmm, and oh, <laughs> and one time I said, wow. And uh, sometimes I also make judgy comments. Hmm. Not about Lisa, but about the story itself. So if you enjoy my hilarious commentary, my useful and occasionally interesting interjections, and also very pithy comments, yeah. then you'll enjoy Horse Mysteries. If, you, if you're trying to find it, it the image uh, for it is a horse with a Hitler mustache. <laughs> That's true. So, um, so I got home. So I could, we couldn't go to, to the girl's place. Okay. Unfortunately, so because I said, well, I'm sorry, I'd love to, but I got to get home. I got to edit the show. So we got home. Uh, right now, our house is divided mm. into two parts. There's the upper story and there's the lower story. And you cannot enter the lower story through the lower story stairs because they are blocked off okay. by a tarp. Because they right now they have three machines operating downstairs, disinfecting, doing something. I'm not really clear okay. on what they're doing. So if I want to have a shower... I have to go outside our front door, walk down or go down or walk down our steps into the carport, through the carport to the shower. Oh, wow. Then I have a shower. Then I have to walk back outside again and then up. In a robe. In a robe. <laughs> I usually put my pajamas on, back in and around, and then uh, inside the house. Okay. So, but anyway, so we got home, got settled. I said, I got to go outside, got out of the show. So I went outside. I got, uh, you know, put in the SD card with the show on it, got all ready, put it in Audacity, did some you know, technical things. Then I started listening to it. A while later, about 2.30 in the morning, I woke up. This was at 10 o'clock when I started. Okay. I woke up at 2.30 <laughs> and uh, just time to hear the end of the show. Oh. Maybe it was even over. Maybe it was just gone. It was done. I woke up anyway and I was like, oh, well, I guess I better edit the show. So I went back to the start. Started again and I edited the show until about six oh. in the morning. And then I post, you know, got it posted and everything, got it all done. And then, uh, which was good because I usually post it at six. Yeah. So I posted it like at 5.56 in the morning. And then I went in the house and ate an orange. Okay. 
I got dressed in my work clothes, which of course was confusing because I had to go outside, back inside, right to the bathroom downstairs where I keep my clothes. And the changed. chickens are just looking at each other, going, "What's that guy?" <laughs> changed into my work clothes, went back upstairs around because I had forgot some things, and then I come back around and do. Anyway, got out of the house, left, went to work. So I got went to work at like I don't know, I had whatever three hours sleep, so that's pretty good. Mm. Problem was in all this kerfuffle and confusion, I forgot my my dark shadows notes. Oh, but luckily. I've got a wonderful wife who, like Mary before her, took pictures of the notebook and sent them to me. So I just want to publicly thank my wife for that. Nice. That's awesome. Just so you know, just so everyone knows, wives are great. Uh, By so, the way, I'm completely listening to the opening part of this and I'm not sneaking off to the washroom right yes, now. Yes, you are. I've never seen someone pay as much attention to me as you are right now. In fact, it makes, it makes me a little nervous that you are paying such close attention to me. Everyone, you remember Dark Shadows. Well, do you remember... Dark Shadows are a thing we talk about, Dark Shadows. Because here's the thing, everyone. We missed a week. So I'll just, let me just let, bring you a little bit up to speed. Because I don't have my book with me, I can't turn back too many pages. So I'll just go with what was the last thing we talked about in the, la- in the last episode of Dark Shadows, which is, which is that Dirk, Dirk, whatever his name is, uh, the groundskeeper, went into the cottage, the old cottage, searching for Jenny. Jenny the Madwoman, who, as we know, was having a little uh, tete-a-tete with a somewhat disgusted Quentin. And uh, they had a a smooch, but he wasn't very pleased about it. She was very happy about it, but he wasn't. And uh, later, uh, Dirk comes into the cottage where he finds the body laying on the floor. Stretched out on the floor, I wrote. Stretched out on the floor with a knife sticking out of its chest. And uh, he tries to leave. But he's intercepted by Barnabas, who followed him from the old house. And Barnabas says, uh, what's going on here? And so uh, that's how we start this episode of Dark Shadows at episode 721 of Dark Shadows. Now, I don't think I said who the victim was last time because I was leaving a little bit in suspense. But let me tell you right now, it was Quentin Collins who's laying on the floor with a knife sticking out of his chest. And uh, that's a little surprising because it's Quentin. He was so much fun. He was such a jerk. But there he is laying dead on the floor. And uh, so Barnabas, he grabs Dirk and uh, threatens him with the police. You know, he says, you know, if you don't tell me what I want to know or do what I want, I'm going to call the cops. And uh, he points out that, uh, you know, because Dirk's like, well, why would I kill Quentin? And he says, well, both of you were rivals for for Beth. And uh, and then Dirk, of course, points, points out, well, how did you get here so fast? And Barnabas like, well, I followed you here. And he says, ah, you don't. <laughs> if you followed me here, then you know I didn't have time to kill Bar- Quentin before you arrived. And Barnabas says, yeah, but I'm not going to tell the police that. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Barnabas forces Dirk to tell him about Jenny and her escape. And also the very pertinent fact, because uh, Barnabas asked the question that I think a lot of us believe, which is that Jenny was Edward's wife which is why she was being kept locked in the tower by him. But no, Dirk says she was not Edward's wife. She was Quentin's wife. Meanwhile, back at Collinwood, Beth returns Jenny to her little uh, tower room prison. And Jenny tells Beth that she saw Quentin. And Beth is very concerned by that because she knows Quentin. And she knows that if Quentin, the reason that we get, I guess one of the reasons that Jenny was being hidden in the tower, besides the fact that she's a madwoman, and that's where you hide mad women, is that 
They didn't want Quentin to know about her because if Quentin knew about her, he would insist that she be sent away. And so now she's afraid that because Quentin knows that, he will send her away. But Jenny uh, says, no, he won't do that because I murdered him. <laughs> so it's no worries. No worries at all. Um, back at the cottage, Barnabas is unwilling to let the family know about Quentin's death. He has a plan, a plan that involves his greatest enemy, in quotation marks, as that was hinted at in the, uh, hinted at in the, uh, the opening, the opening, I don't want to call it the title crawl, the opening monologue, the opening introduction. They always have like a little blurb at the beginning of the show that kind of sets up the episode or, and sort of reminds you what was happening last time. And so he's going to call his greatest enemy. And I think we know who that is. Angelique, of course, his greatest enemy. He calls Angelique. Meanwhile, Beth tries to worm the truth out of Mad Jenny. So she does discover that Quentin was actually killed, that Jenny isn't just ranting. And that is very concerning to her. And let me just change, turn pages, everyone. But she discovers from Jenny that Quentin was killed at the cottage. And uh, so she's she feels like she has to go there to check out sure. this, you know, like to make sure that this is actually what happened. Meanwhile, back at the cottage, Angelique appears, pleased that Ben uh, Barnabas needs her. Uh, he, what he wants her to do is to restore Quentin's life. And Angelique wants to know why he wants that. And Barnabas tells her that Quentin it's not, is not supposed to die yet. According to the chronology of the family mm-hmm. story, he is, does not die in a cottage. He dies in some other way. And Angelique's like, well, I told you by coming here that you were going to mess up the timeline. Right. And you didn't believe me, but look what's happened. But she also refuses. She also says, I will help you, but I'm not going to tell you what it's going to cost you. Because I want to make sure, I want to guarantee that you will do what I want you to do, which is basically love her. Yeah. Was there was there any other? I'm trying to think of like other things around this time that cared about messing up the timeline. <laughs> yeah, I know it's weird, right? Like that seems like, really think, like from Back to the Future on. Yeah, it's like well, you can't fuck up the t- timeline. I don't think in terms of like pop, like popular TV and stuff like that, there was much in the way of. Of this, I mean, the only thing that I don't even think Doctor Who talked about it really. Like mm-hmm. they, they would go back and see the Aztecs and mess around and, and yeah. roam to to their heart's content. But they there was never any. No one ever brought up the fact that hey, aren't we like fucking up the timeline here? This is gonna like change everything in the future, isn't it? Yeah, they didn't say fucking up, of course, because it was 60s television. Yeah, I'm trying to think what this would. Yeah, what, who else was doing this time yeah. travel stuff? Nobody knows. Um, so uh, as he's talking to Angelique, Beth arrives. At the cottage, and he attempts to put her off. You know, like you can't come in here. It's a, it's a, it's a real mess. But she, uh, she forces her way in, and Angelique has disappeared. But she sees uh, Quentin laying on the ground, and she says to Barnabas, "I'm, I have to go tell Judith what's happened." And Barnabas is not happy about that, but he lets her go. Yeah, go tell it on the mountain. <laughs> uh, now, what's weird is that the scene changes. To her, standing in the drawing room at Collinwood, telling Barnabas that she's changed her mind. She's not going to tell Judith about Quentin's death. Okay. But then the camera pulls back and it reveal, reveals that Quentin's in a coffin in the drawing room. So I don't know what how she's not going to be telling Judith about. Maybe she's not going to tell her that it was Jenny who killed her. Okay. Or killed him. Um, but she has moved Quentin's body to, the, to a coffin in the drawing room. They leave. Angelique emerges from the shadows. She casts a spell on Quentin, Ooh. telling him he will live, but he will live in thrall to Angelique in her plans to bring Barnabas to his knees. <laughs> That's what she tells him. 
That was a pretty low incident episode, actually. That was that was one episode. The next episode starts with in the morning, Carl and Judith are standing over Quentin's coffin. Judith has just phoned the police because he obviously has been murdered. We just don't know. They just don't know who's done it. Carl, well, first he compliments her for actually doing that because he knows how unwilling she is to allow any sort of public knowledge of the life of Collinwood in, into the in, out and out. But but she has called the police. Then Carl turns to Quentin and coldly tells his corpse exactly what he thought of him. <laughs> he says, you were a bounder. Scallywag. And a bully. Okay. A rake. Oh my a gosh. lecher. Oh boy. And a liar. All right. And this is, he says it though, he gives a little scream and swears that Quentin moved. Judith refuses to believe him, of course. It was a vamp, she a scamp, and a bit of a tramp. <laughs> he thinks... She thinks that Carl's lying, because he's a joker, as we know from okay. his past, uh, holding a gun on Barnabas, his hilarious jokes. Uh, <laughs> Carl is now suspicious of that Quentin's really dead or not. But Judith insists that, oh, and she's, he's also suspicious of how Quentin died. Ah. He feels like it's someone in the family has killed Quentin. And Judith insists that some low person, like a sailor, struck up acquaintance with Quentin. And that was... Because she's, you know, she says Quentin was always, you know, getting mixed up with low people, and it ended up him getting killed by the person. He robbed him and killed him. Carl says, "I think it's more likely that it was Barnabas." Mm. And Judith is like, "Uh, thinks thinks that's ridiculous." You know, what has Barnabas done? And of course, he brings up the, the weird fact that Barnabas wouldn't carry, although he was asked to, and said he would, but then didn't carry the grandmother's coffin. Like, wouldn't uh, bear, wouldn't be a uh, pallbearer. Of course, he couldn't because it was a daytime that it took place, but they don't realize this. And then he says, it's probably a woman of Quentin's acquaintance. Now, Judith knows it was, suspects it's Jenny. Carl doesn't know about Jenny mm. in the attic, so his fishing around for who it could be is, of course, making Judith nervous now. And then, he th- then he thinks that uh, it was probably Edward, even though Edward's away right now. He says, well, he might have paid someone to... Uh... Rachel, meanwhile, has a terrible duty of telling Jameson, who loved Quentin, that Quentin is dead. And of course, when he's told, when he's told that, he denies that he, no, he's not dead. You're lying. Uh, Carl and Judith, meanwhile downstairs, continue to argue over Quentin's coffin. When an upset Jameson comes in and still angrily denies Quentin's death, although he's laying in the coffin. Yeah. Later, Jameson goes to Quentin's room and he plays the song, Quentin's song, which the haunting theme, Quentin's which uh, to indicate something is happening, the song eerily slows down and speeds up. Hmm. And the camera cuts between Jameson and Quentin in his coffin. Then the coffin lid closes. Yeah. Jameson, in despair, shuts off the music and even denies Quentin. Quentin's voice comes, comes out and tells him <clears throat> that, no, you can't deny me. We must remain as one. An angry Carl storms into Quentin's room uh, where Jameson sits listening to the music Carl is certain that Jameson knows more than he is saying. And he tells Jameson that he must tell him the truth. You must obey me because I'm your uncle. And Jameson looks at him and says, you're not my uncle, Carl. You're my brother. Oh, well, by the way, as an uncle, yeah. I don't think that's how being an uncle works. <laughs> I don't think I can say that to my nephew. I, and I think I could. As an uncle, also, I agree with yeah. you. Yes. You must obey there me. Is, yeah, there is no... There is no uh, Definition dictionary more potent or more impotent than uncle. Yeah, as like as a as an authority Which figure. Which is why yeah. you say it when you're giving up. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yes, exactly. 
yeah, he says, you're not my Uncle Carl, you're my brother. Grandfather always said I'd be killed by a woman, and he was right. Ooh. A flabbergasted Carl. Brings- weird, weird thing, by the way, for yeah. Grandfather to say a lot. Yeah. Hey, you're, you're going to remember you're going to be killed by a woman. <laughs> got your nose. <laughs> okay, Grandpa. Fine, thanks. Well, I mean, you know. Carl was, I mean, Quentin was, would have been older as well, like That's a teenager true. and stuff. He'd, yeah. uh, so Carl brings Judith to the room. Uh, he reveals that he could hear them. Sorry, Quentin reveals, or sorry, Jameson reveals they, that he could hear them talking as they, as they stood by his coffin and even repeats what they said. And they're horrified. And Judith actually says, Jameson is possessed. Okay. So meanwhile, Rachel, the, the nanny, the governess, is asleep in her room. She has a dream. And in her dream, she is walking through the hallways of Collinwood. She can hear Jameson asking, Rachel, where am I? Rachel, where am I? Rachel, (laughs) where am I? She sees Judith leaving a room. Judith answers, nobody knows. She says, Rachel, where am I? Nobody knows. Rachel, where am I? Nobody knows. They repeat this exchange several times until Jameson points out that Rachel knows (laughs) where he is. Judith tells her to wait downstairs and cautions her to remember. What does she have to remember? That a child only speaks when spoken to. Downstairs, Rachel meets Carl, holding a toy train and a giant pocket watch. He informs her that it is too late. Jameson asks again and again, Rachel, where am I? (laughs) Rachel, where am I? She enters the drawing room, where she sees Jameson laying in the coffin. His eyes open, and he sits up, and he tells her, Now you know where I am, don't you, Rachel? She be- he begins to laugh and is joined by Judith and Carl, all laughing together. She wakes up and sits up in her bed. She hears a creaking sound and turns to see Quentin's corpse is rocking in a chair by her bed. Ew. You don't want to see that. Um, let me just see where I, I... I had to stop doing this. I did start a little bit. Let me just see where we go. Okay, we can read it. we'll do a little bit more of this. Okay. The old corpse in a chair. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's a really rough way to wake up. <laughs> It is, especially when their eyes are open. Yeah, yeah, that's double bad. <laughs> uh, weirdly, so in the in the in the final scene of episode two hundred seventy two, Rachel woke up, sees Quentin, like she wakes, sits up in bed and turns, and Quentin's in the in the next day's recap of what happened. They have her get out of bed, walk across, sort of into the middle of her bedroom. Then she hears a creaking noise, and she turns and sees. Oh, okay. Quentin in the chair. I don't know why they changed it, but that's what they do. She, when she sees him, of course, she runs from her bedroom. Maybe they want her out of bed so she could run from her bedroom. Into the hallway where she is found by Judith and Carl. At Judith's insistence, Carl enters Rachel's room and finds an empty rocking chair. The three go downstairs into the drawing room. What happens in the drawing room, you ask? What, was it, what happened in the drawing room? They are horrified Uh-oh. to find Quentin's coffin is empty. No. Judith then tells Carl that he has to go back upstairs and check in the bedroom. He's like, me? Why, why me? So many stairs. But she says, you have to go upstairs. And he's like, okay, Judith. So he is dispatched to search Rachel's room. As he looks around the room, he is startled by a passing shadow. A dark shadow? Yeah, a dark shadow. This makes he sense. Goes I out into the hallway. The about. <laughs> he goes that out into the hallway. <laughs> Meanwhile, downstairs, Judith and Rachel nervously hear a loud knocking at the front door. Judith sends Rachel to answer it. Upstairs, Carl enters a room. He is drawn towards the curtain window. Downstairs, Barnabas is concerned that he wasn't told what was happening. Well, come Nomi told me this was happening. Meanwhile, upstairs, Carl 
pulls back the curtains to reveal Quentin's corpse standing there. Yeah. Quentin's arms raise up. They walk towards Carl and grab him in a choking way. And he starts to strangle Carl. And that's where we'll end this episode oh. of Dork Shadows. What's that? Was his eyes open? Yes. Oof. Creepy. Very creepy. Things are happening, everyone. Nice it's a little short this week. I'm, I apologize. Uh, I just I didn't have a time to. I only watched a couple of episodes this week. That's okay. In my in my busyness. Yeah, and your birthday is. And my birthday is. You were busy having a lot of desserts. <laughs> uh, last week on the show, we asked you some questions. I was. Here are the questions: Have you ever had a false memory? Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, I don't think we asked them that uh, last week. That was a lie. <laughs> Wait, no. Have you ever had a false memory? <laughs> uh, and uh, what's a real thing that happened to you, but no one believed you? Mm. Oh, boy. Okay. First letter is from... By the way, we're on the website now. We'll read uh, emails afterwards. Uh, we're on... Uh, Louise writes us. It's always nice when Louise writes us. Uh, congratulations. Oh, by the way, this is, she was just uh, congratulating Laurel. Because Laurel... Uh, you'll find in a second. Congratulations, Laurel, on the birth of your grandson. Very happy birthday today, but hope you enjoyed your Sunday on Tuesday. T-W-O's day. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Louise. That's right. Laurel uh, told us about uh, the birth of her uh, grandson uh, last week. So uh, congratulations yet again. Uh, and uh, also Laurel wishes a happy birthday to David. Thank you, Laurel. Done. Edward Dragansky writes, and so early, not at the end. Mm. It's always strange when you have an early Dragansky. <laughs> uh, a very happy birthday. Well, that means it's uh, two more weeks of winter. Oh, okay. Uh, it did snow last night. Yep. <sighs> this was all of us, by the way, in Vancouver last night. Oh, it's really beautiful. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> it was. It was a beautiful sunny day. Yeah, it, was so beautiful. it was really cold, though. But it was so sparkly last night. The snow was mm. so sparkly and beautiful mm. and uh, annoying that it was there. <laughs> um Edward writes, mm-hmm. uh, a very happy birthday to you, David. Thank you. I hope you had the day off. I did not. Uh, if you have uh, any cake left, please eat a slice for me. <laughs> All right. Are you 55 or 56 now? If it's 56, you've caught up with me. I am 56. Any false memories uh, have been generated uh, usually within my immediate family as generational uh, in-jokes. For example, years ago, I swear my mom told me one morning that she had a dream I was a donkey. That's my memory. My mom swears up and down uh, that I had the dream. And in my dream, she told me she had a dream I was a donkey. It's all on me. She had no such dream. It sounds complicated, but it's not. It does sound very complicated. More like a stupid deleted scene from Inception. Uh, (laughs) But it's an ongoing family joke that will never die, false memory or not. And it's just one of many false memory inner family accusations that we have against one another. Uh, I posted on Facebook a photo of the famous Duke boys, John Schneider and Tom Wolpat, I met at a local fan expo in 2015. Nice guys and easy to meet. Hmm. I didn't get my photo with them then since you had to pay a photo op fee. Uh, so I just met and uh, met them and stood back to take a photo of them uh, from a bit yonder. <laughs> the General Lee was downstairs in the main lobby, but they were upstairs when I met them. I'd have paid a week's salary to see those two go downstairs and get in that fucking car and peel out of the lobby while honking the Dixie horn. I love that Dolby show, too. I know, but you wouldn't have been able to open up the windows. You have to go slide in. You have to slide in, Ed. Oh, that's so hard to do. Have you slid in a window like that? Mm-hmm. It okay. is awkward. So we got the uh, photo there if you want to see the photo. I also posted an autograph I received 
from Sorel Brook, a.k.a. Boss Hog, <laughs> back in uh, 1982 or 83. My buddy and I went uh, downtown on an early New Year's Day to watch the CBS uh, broadcast of the Cotton Bowl Parade mm. in Dallas. The, the Peter M- Cotton Bowl That's Parade. That's right. Here comes Peter Cotton Bowl. He's <laughs> fell down the cotton hole. He's still there, but the cotton broke his fall. Um, the MCs were Marla Gibbs from the Jeffersons, one of the Landers sisters, Audrey, I think, mm. and Sorel Brooke uh, from the Dukes of Hazard. That does sound like yeah. 1982. Giving advice through the whole uh, parade. Who? The- Audrey Landers, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Oh, because you think she's like uh, Ann Landers. Yeah, well, they were. They were both. They both gave advice. No, I think we're talking about different sisters. Oh, I'm sorry. I think we're talking about BJ and the Seven Lady Truckers. Oh, I'm sorry, I thought that is. I'm sorry. I thought it was. Uh, I was Anlander's sister. <laughs> anyway, I was getting it mixed up with Shaja Gabor. <laughs> Very good. I was lucky enough to snag an autograph from uh, Brooke, and somewhere there's a photograph that proves it as he's signing the piece of yellow paper for me. But it's buried somewhere, and then we got the autograph picture. Nice. Uh, a picture of the autograph. Uh, speaking of not having a photo to prove something that happened to you, I cannot prove that I met Sir Roger Moore at the O'Hare Airport in Chicago. But I did. <clears throat> Many are skeptical. And even though I had nothing for Moore to sign or conveniently had a camera to take a photo, I was enthralled by the moment. It was in the early 80s and I traveled to Chicago by myself to stay for a few weeks with relatives. I was on my way back to Dallas and in line to check in uh, before boarding. As I was waiting to check in, a rather tall man in front of me, wearing tinted glasses and a tweed cap, was <laughs> puffing on a small cigar. He noticed me staring and turned uh, a 180 to face me. I confessed uh, I was staring at him because of his resemblance to Roger Moore. He smiled and said, I get that a lot, especially by those closest to me. <laughs> Silence. Wait, what does that mean? Oh, that voice. It was. He extended his hand and said, Roger Moore. Pleasure to meet you. Oh, God. I was frozen as I shook his hand. He asked where I was from. I told him Chicago. Uh, so where are you going then? He asked. Uh, Dallas. I'm sorry. I'm making your voice this. Ah, Dallas. <laughs> where I usually live. Uh, I'm from here originally. Uh, sorry, Edward, but that's your voice now. <laughs> then he went on about how much he liked Texas. Yeah, that was my Texas accent. And, uh, and the South and how beautiful the women are uh, there. Uh, this was very much as I imagined he'd be. A smooth British gentleman. Then he had to turn and check in at the counter, and he wished me a safe trip. I'll admit he looked a lot older than he did on screen, but as soon as he spoke, it was as if 007 was standing before me. Moore is my 007, the one I grew up with, and even today, if I had to pick only one James Bond to meet by chance, it would be Moore. I'm glad (laughs) it was, and I'm glad he was charming, because there are few in public, uh, because very few are in public and desire to be left alone. Everyone stay safe, be kind to one another, and Ian, increased health uh, healing to you. Uh, you're still one of the funniest men in the entire podverse. Oh, thank you so much. I am so sorry about doing your voice. <laughs> now you're apologizing. Yeah. Da, Ian! Da, hope you're doing good. Da, stay well. Uh, I'm from Texas. Sorry, Albert. That is a horrible impression Dave made me do of you. Remember the Alamo. Da, get in the basement. <laughs> Uh, Crystal replies to Ed, Ed, the Dukes of Hazard was one of those defining shows for a whole generation or two. Everyone around here watched the Dukes, either wanted to be Bo, Luke, and Daisy, or date Bo, Luke, and Daisy. It was a cultural phenomenon. If you were to ask my husband 
Uh, what was one of the best parts of our honeymoon? Uh, besides, you know, the honeymoon stuff. Well, M. Dukes is in a whole mess of trouble. Uh, he tell you it was when we stopped at Cooter's place. And he paid ten dollars to get to sit in the General Lee and we have his picture taken. We didn't mention Cooter when we were talking about the dudes. Yeah. We forgot about Cooter. Uh, ben, your Walter Brennan character. You forgot about Cooter. Uh, ben Jones runs uh, two different museums in Tennessee that are filled with filled with Dukes of Hazard memorabilia, and we have a link to Cooter'sPlace.com. Uh, a couple of years ago, John Schneider came to our town to promote a movie of his that was showing at a nearby drive-in. It was a knockoff of Smokey and the Bandit. Anyway. He had accepted the invitation to lead the Christmas parade with General Lee. Unfortunately, the parade was postponed due to storms. Uh, but even that resulted in something kind of amazing. He agreed to let the police department chase him through town in a one-man parade. They uh, pulled him over, tried to arrest him, but he took off and circled through town and made the General Lee spin around street corners. Wow. Yeah. Then they cornered him, shot him to death. <laughs> That's, that's Tough a, but fair. A sad, a sad untold part of the story. Yeah. And we got a link to a newspaper announcing the change of plans. And a radio station live streamed the chase on their Facebook page. So got wow. that link as well. Wow, that's cool. As John And John Schneider did a live stream of his one-man parade on his Facebook page and mispronounced the town's name. Uh, and despite what they say in the video, they didn't uh, follow the full parade route because the parade route goes by our library. Uh, my staff and I stood out in the rain at the library only to see him spin around a curve and road and go back uh, back through now and not by us. Sad <laughs> face. I really don't expect anyone to watch through the live streams since they're only interesting to people who live here. But they do prove that it happened. So good. Very good. There you go. All right. And she continues uh, on. Congratulations, Laurel. And a very happy birthday and many happy returns to Dave. Thank you, Crystal. There have been many occasions where I remind someone of something they said, and they say, I never uh, never said that. Uh, <laughs> false memory on my part or selective recall on theirs. I'm not sure, but it sure is annoying. <laughs> I have, and I have had relatives who will make up stories uh, to make themselves sound more impressive. Mm. If you mention racing, they'll tell you they used to drive Formula race cars <laughs> when you know this is clearly not true. Some people uh, do have lives like Forrest Gump, where they meet a lot of people have unique experiences. While some people uh, want to be respected or accepted so bad, they continually invent stories. There has uh, there may be some truth, but there might also be a lot of falsehood, and it's hard to tell which is which sometimes. Having had several people like that in my family, it has resulted in the majority of relatives not believing anything that anyone says, uh, even when true. I have had some cool opportunities in my life, but I learned early on that unless you can immediately produce documented proof of said experience, keep your mouth shut. And even <laughs> then, it's probably better to keep your mouth shut because you'll either get accused of making up proof or being a show-off. That said, I have no reason to doubt any of the sneaky community stories. I enjoy when Ian or Dave share their uh, fun little stories of elbow rubbing they've done. Edward always has some great experiences to share as well. And you got a nice thank you back there from Laurel. Very and nice. then Laurel continues, hello all! <laughs> hello, Laurel! And happy birthday, David! Oh, thank you. I think you said you were working on your birthday Tuesday, but hopefully you celebrated somewhere and are still celebrating all week. Yes, we do have birthday week this yeah, week. Yeah, Dave is a birthday week boy. <laughs> I want to thank you, David, for covering so kindly for my dumb faux pas last week. 
I sent the email uh, asking you to find my response to Chris Roberts' comment and totally weirdly had typed in the wrong episode number. And my fault, uh, all my fault, and you didn't let on a bit while poor Ian was searching through time and space to find it. May a couple, <laughs> may a couple. If I just returned from work, and I, I just returned from work, I was in a hurry not to miss your recording. Oh, and if I'd had my dinner, why? Maybe I might have edited the, the PS email before sending it off. It's fine. Yes, no problem. Anyway, on to the cues of the week. Uh, the one apparently false memory I have had is that there was a tall lilac hedge along my grandparents' driveway for a long period of my childhood. I thought I'd bought, uh, brought lilacs uh, in for vases uh, when I lived uh, a summer with them when I was 19, but no one recalls these grand shrubs but me. <laughs> and my one remaining aunt on uh, that side of the family says there is no such hedge. She is perfectly sane. So I have to question uh, if I believed her. Uh, so I so I have to believe her, but I don't like it. Maybe that uh, fits in with question two as well. Kind of, sort of. <laughs> and my new grandson's name is Kai. And as you guessed, David, it rhymes with I. Well, I think I did guess, but I guessed both ways. So I, I couldn't help but be right. Right. Uh, take good care, Ian, David, and everyone. Thank you, Laura. Now on to Chris Roberts. <gasps> With the news. <laughs> no, it's just a letter. Congratulations, Laurel. Uh, since you were claiming to be evil the other week, I guess that makes you a wicked grandmother now. Cool. <laughs> a friend of mine has a son named Kai, and after he was born, she sent the following text from the hospital. Kai is so beautiful, and he loves my boobs. We'll send photos later. I'm still waiting. <laughs> Okay. Uh, and happy birthday, Dave. Hope you managed to get a decent break and enjoy some quality time with your lovely family. Thanks. Uh, fast work coming in uh, with that uh, food top five. Loved it. Oh, good. Nice. Good. Uh, when you asked that COVID question a few weeks back, I reckoned I was tempting fate by answering and sure enough, tested positive on Sunday. Oh, sorry, mate. The same as the queen. Uh, this means I maybe both caught them from corgis. Uh, I now have two things in common with Her Majesty. The other being that we're both uh, paying her son's legal bills. <laughs> ah, satire. <laughs> the good news is, thanks to all these wonderful scientists and health workers out there who developed and delivered the vaccines, I've had a really mild dose. No worse than a bad cold. With a few aches and pains and a deep, deep uh, level of lethargy, uh, deeper level of lethargy than usual. <laughs> uh, which is saying something. It's now Thursday and I'm feeling fine again, although laying low as I'll be infectious. Hope all is well with fellow sneakers. We are well and uh, hope you are well as well. Sorry that you had to go through that. Even though it's a bad cold. Still, who wants to go through a bad cold? No one wants that. And thanks um, for your birthday greeting, Chris. Yes. Then Regis writes. <gasps> Regis is back. Hey, been a long time. Really bad year start. Oh. Another one. Uh, Sorry to hear that. Is that here uh, that I heard about superhero multiverses destroying the core of the tragedy by annihilating stakes because of multiverse power resurrection? <laughs> okay, well, that is a sentence. <laughs> Speaking of superheroes. I get it, and I, I agree with them. Very good. Speaking of superheroes and hearing the last news of the world, where are they? <laughs> Being smart. Laying low. Uh, because of uh, the baddies, I quite uh, fathom who and uh, where they are, but the righteous heroes fighting fascism and saving the world. Hello, anyone there? Hello. 
uh, good music choices, and you knew that the turtles ended into the mothers. If I might, if I may say so, Zappa, Miles Davis. If past day composers refuses to die, they know how to surround themselves with the best available musicians of their time too. Mm-hmm. Bye. <laughs> And there we go. That endeth uh, the web uh, sneakydragon.com uh, post. But David... It's true, though. Like, Go ahead. Flo and Eddie were, as they were named when they joined Frank Zappa's group, because they were legally not allowed to use their own names. Okay. Because of their contract contractual difficulties as ex-turtles. So Mark Volman and Howard Kalin sang as Flo and Eddie. And they were great singers for Frank Zappa. But I feel like he gave them some pretty weak material mm. to sing. Um, think of things like Billy the Mountain, which is like it's like a like a record sidelong like comedy skit, and it's fine. But it's not something you want to listen to ever again once you've listened to it once. Like, yeah, it's not like really musical. It's just you know it's it's fine. But I don't know. Like when you listen to something like um, Sofa, which I played on Listening Party. But this is just being like Sofa, with, where they, they sang live with Zappa. And it wasn't recorded by them. It was later sung by, I think, by George Duke on on uh, One Size Fits All. Is that what it is? Or, yeah, One Size Fits All. Um, and, which is, of course, an anagram for Sofa. Anyway, they sing it beautifully. Like, it's just, they just had such remarkable voices, and the way their voices blended, it, it made, like, a bigger sound than just one person, you know, or, or two people. But I just feel like he didn't really get the, get that much out of them in that way, because most of the time he had them doing, like, the the groupie sketch and all kinds of stupid things like that, that, you know, which was a big part of his act at the time, like, sort of, like, um, you know, I don't want to call it sophomoric, because I do agree with Michael Donahue that sophomoric is, is a smarty pants way to say funny. <laughs> but I do think it's kind of they're sort of immature, you know, kind of teen teenage humor, you know, like the of you know of two guys pretending to be groupies and and this is you know this is kind of a yucky period in Frank Zappa's career. But they're great, and he had a great band. But I feel like a lot of it was wasted. But anyway, that was just, that's just me, everyone. What do I know? I don't just have a podcast. That'd be that'd be a good name for a podcast. What do I know? I'm sure there is one called that. I'm sure there is one called that. But hey, guess what? We have an email. All telegrams. And I. Um. So we did get a. I have to go to my sneaky dragon email. Sneaky dragon email file. Let's go to the file. Let's see what you have to say in the fucking file. This is this is for Mary Millen, and she says a quick look at your website reveals some major key points which you might like to know, and these can be the reason for not getting the desired position. Oh, oh, I didn't get, I didn't even know I applied for a spamming in the free world. Let me just uh, throw that away. Okay, Uh, this is from John. Dated Superman, Mary Millen. I do. Yeah. This and then is, uh, and they moved on from the double L's to the yeah, double M's. to the double M's. And later on, she went out with Norman Nail. <laughs> this is from John Halbrooks. Yay. John wrote to say, hello, gentlemen. Shows what he knows. <laughs> Speak for me. Uh, question of the week. I'll take on the sub-question first. Okay. When I was a child. When I was a child. When I was a child, there was a large woolly mammoth type creature who often visited me. And his name was Snuffleupagus. He was my best friend, 
but he would always leave right before my other friends or my parents would show up. So no one ever believed me when I told them about him. Aww. Question of the week, number one. Please see my response to the sub-question above. Dave, I've never heard of... Oh, sorry, I've never heard of... I've never heard Ferdy, Ferd, Ferd, Grofe's original music, <laughs> so I will have to seek it out. His associations with Gershwin and Whiteman were actually connected because Whiteman conducted the premiere of Rhapsody in Blue, though in an arrangement for jazz ensemble... The version for full orchestra came later, but I think that Grofe was responsible for both. Yeah, I think the fully orchestrated one was like in 1942, and the Whiteman one was in the 30s, but yeah. Mozart Minute. This past weekend, the St. Lawrence String Quartet came through town, and it was thrilling to hear live music for the first time in quite a while, audience masked and distanced. And it was an electrifying performance, one of those rare occasions when an energy pervades the hall and everyone feels it. The program was Mozart, Hayden, and new music by Doug Belliott. I wish that both of you could have been there because you would have become instant Mozart converts, <laughs> as well as Hayden and Belliott. Oh, he spelled his name differently here, but I'm going to assume that it's still Belliott con- converts. They made the Mozart and Hayden quartet sound so fresh that you would have believed that they were composed last week. Here's a video of them performing the Hayden several years ago with a different second violinist, with Jeff Nuttall speaking brilliantly about Hayden's genius. I'm still stuck in April 2021 in the Backwards Dragon Project, but you will be happy to know that I made my own mixtape of favorite tunes from Listening Party episodes 70 to 63 going backwards, excluding Tropicalia, which will require a mixtape of its own. It has served as my workout music recently. Oh, that's good to hear. Send me the songs. I'd like to know what you liked. Dave, please report on your response to the Morton Feldman after you have had a chance to listen. Also, you might try his solo piano music, which is all wonderful. Have a great week, Dave, Ian, and all sneakers everywhere from John. Thank you, John. And John, you'll be perhaps pleased to know that I was curious. And uh, when I was at, uh, I was visited Valley Village this week because I was in Chilliwack seeing uh, Belfast with Mary. And I went to the local... Uh, village and i found a mozart cd there and i bought it because i oh. before i would have been like pshaw mozart Stick it up your too blues. frothy for me and i bought it i don't think it's i don't think it's quite what uh don wanted me to hear it's like uh like a string divertimento and there is some stuff from his requiem though which i quite liked i liked the choral uh stuff that was very good so maybe i maybe there's hope for this old Mozart. I wouldn't say hater. I don't hate Mozart. Nope. You know Salieri. I I like to speak rhetorically about things. Okay. Passionately, some might say. Sure. And then they make statements that are sweeping and rather broad and grand that maybe say more than I intended about something just because I am in the midst of, you know, blathering. Sure. I also bought a... Um, there, Phillips, a few... Many years ago now, I should say, I was going to say a few years ago, many years ago, put out this fun series. It was called like Duo Classics, and it would have two discs of music. Uh, in those days, I bought like the Brandenburg Concertos, the box Brandenburg Concertos in that series, and uh, a collection of like uh, Ravel works and, and things, like piano, like concerto for left hand and things. So then um, I found like one of uh, Verdi, Verdi's ballet music, mm. like a collection of all his ballet music on this du- duo series. I had some other stuff too, but that was what I was kind of most interested in. And then I also found Tchaikovsky's uh, Swan Lake and Sleeping Beauty. Okay. 
which are also ballets. And I love ballet, so I was like, oh, I'm going to get these. Which I was, now I have this pile of CDs growing up, growing in my shop because I keep buying things and I have nowhere to put them because all my shelves right. are gone. So I just can't help it though. Whenever I see things, I'm like, oh, and I also bought uh, Alanis Morissette's uh, supposed, former supposed infatuation junkie. Oh, because it has unsent on it, which I keep bringing up all the time to people these days. Because I, I can't stop thinking about that song; it's so goofy. So I bought it anyway, so I could have the song. Unsent? It. It's yeah. the one where she's like writing a letter to former lovers, yeah, and telling them what they meant to her and stuff like that. But it's like it has like no, there's like no rhyming scheme or any kind of meter to the song. It's just like a, a series of run-on sentences. Okay, it's rather great. Anyway, um, so anyway, thank you, John, for writing. I, I appreciate. It hearing about the Backwards Dragon Project and about classical music. Yay! Because these days, it's hard to listen to classical music for me because when I was... Like, I didn't grow up with classical music. Like, my parents were not classical music people. My dad liked jazz. He liked he liked jazz of a certain kind. Like, mostly kind of white yeah. white guy jazz. Although he did, like, have some Art Blakey. Um, my, my mom was, like, strictly, like, radio music lady. You know, like John Denver or whatever was popular. It sounds like we had the same parents. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and... So I never, I didn't grow up with classical music and I have no, no grounding in it. I know like, so when I started becoming interested in, in it, uh, I was a bit older, you know, I was like in my, probably in my late teens, early twenties when I started to first listen to, to classical music. And I just listened to it. I started listening to CBC FM, which in those days was like strictly a classical station with some jazz on the weekends. And so you would listen to all the various very knowledgeable, except for the drive time goofballs. But the the people who like kind of made up the heart, the meat of the day, and in the evening were really knowledgeable, knowledgeable um, uh, DJs or commentators or whatever, you know. And so you got a lot of really interesting document, like sort of document, like radio documentaries about people, you know, about classical composers and stuff. And you got, and then there was Bob Kerr, who every would have Organ Wednesday. Although someone told me it was Organ Thursday. That's a false memory, I guess. <laughs> One of us is having a false memory. It was either Organ Wednesday or Organ Thursday, but I guess I could look back at an old schedule for CBC and see what see when it was. But he, every week he would just have like an hour of just pure like church organ music, you know. And that was very cool. Even though I'm not the biggest organ fan in the world. In fact, when I was at that Value Village, there was like a few classical ones that I was interested in. And there was like a ton of organ music. And I was just kind of like, Pfft. I enjoy it for an hour every week, but I'm not going to like collect it and listen yeah. to it. Unless maybe Messiaen, maybe I would do that, but... Otherwise, nah. So yeah. Anyway, so I just want to say, like, that's kind sure. of where I come from. So I'm more into classical music that, to me, has roots in modern music than, say, Mozart, because Mozart, it, in no way does it connect to me, because I've never, I didn't grow up in it. It's kind of like if I, like when I talk about prayer with people at church, because I am totally uninterested in prayer, because I didn't grow up praying. And so it just feels weird to me, like the idea of saying grace at the table okay. or, pray, you know, like I pray in church and then that's good enough. I've done it. I've done, I've done my praying for the week. All done. No need for any more. You know, it's just because I, I didn't grow up with it. So it's not like a natural part of my, my upbringing or my life or anything. So it just feels weird to I gotta get on my hands and knees or get on my knees now and pray it's on the side of the bed and ask God for things. Dear God. Dennis the Menace style. Yeah. I, yeah. He knows what he did during the day. <laughs> Actually, I always kind of like it when uh, the Grace is about to be. It's like, oh, okay. Now we're all like, ah, and and then we start the meal. It's nice. It's a nice start to the meal. Mm. But you've never had a Celtic Grace said that's like ten minutes long. No, 
That's a grind. It feels like it's 10 minutes long because you don't know what they're saying. Right. It's going like, and you're just sitting there with your head bowed. And the food starts coming to life. <laughs> you're just like, what? Come on, let's eat. Let's eat. Everything right starts now. turning red, let's like food. looking around. It's on the table. But nope, we got to listen to a long Celtic grace. It's going to go on for a while. Oh, Celtic it's, grace. It's being said by a real hambone who likes the sound of his own voice. Well, it's hard, you know, after doing a three-hour podcast, it's tough to throw those stones. <laughs> I like the sound of your voice. Zing! Oh, oh we're telling the truth to each other! <laughs> Zing, zang! He zoom, burned zip, me, what a burn. Zip, zap, zoop. Bring some water. Okay. Any other emails? I know, that's it. Holy moly. Look. <laughs> we appreciate them. Yeah. Uh, if you want to write to us, we'll give you the questions in just a second. But uh, if you want to write to us, here's how you do. Mm. Go to SneakyDragon.com. Got message boards there. Uh, post something there. It's you true. go to Facebook. Go Sneaky Dragon. Hey, post something there. You want to uh, go to Twitter, at uh, Sneaky underscore Dragon. Post something there. Or uh, SneakyDragon.tumblr.com. You post something there, we'll go, what? Someone posted something there. No one posted something there. Post military secrets there. No one will see them. <laughs> safe. Write your journal there. Mm-hmm. Don't see it. Be safe. And if you want to email us, uh, SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com. SneakyD, SneakyDragon.com. Um, here is a question I was thinking for your question of the week. Because we're promoting horse mysteries. We are. And by the way, everyone. Yeah. This week's uh, episode of Horse Mysteries takes place in the environs of Chicago. Yeah. The baddest part of town. Where uh, Roger Moore likes to hang out. Well, there you go. Uh, so, uh, Yeah. If uh, since we're talking about uh, you know crimes and murder and such things, we also sure. were talking a little yeah. bit about Agatha Christie. Uh, who's your favorite? Uh, what's your favorite murder mystery? Have we talked about that yet? Have we done that one? Eh, sure. Yeah. I don't know. I don't what's your know. favorite murder mystery can be favorite. a book, can be a yeah. movie, can be a television show, mm-hmm. could be a play. Yeah. You know, whatever it could have been, you went out and uh, had a murder mystery night, <laughs> and it was the best time of your life. Murder. Tell us about that. Yeah. Uh, or maybe you actually solved an actual murder. That's also good. So uh, we'll take any of those. Uh, what's your favorite uh, murder mystery? All right. I got a question. What's your question, Mister? Uh, I kind of felt like our questions this week, this for this week, were a little. Um, they're a little bit uh, arcane. So mine is very down, very down to earth, very very simple, oh, and it, okay. it is this. What was the first record you bought? Okay. There you go. That's it. Answer that. Oh, and where did you buy it, if you can remember? Okay. Mine was a soundtrack to your good man, Charlie Brown. No. Oh. Had drawings of the Peanuts characters that did not look like the Peanuts characters <laughs> on it. Yeah. The first records I bought with my own money. Uh, you can do singles if you want. The first singles that I bought, the first single I bought was uh, Don't Stand So Close to Me by the Police. First uh, rock and roll album I bought was Pipes of Peace by Paul McCartney. Well, we, you should say rock and roll album. So what was the first rock and roll album that you bought? Oh, my Lord. What a double burn. Burning down the house <laughs> was not the record I bought. The first record I bought was actually two records. This is not given. I've been given lots of records before this time. I would buy a lot of 45s because I was poor. Yeah. That's what I'd buy. But the first records I bought were on sale. Yeah. If you bought, this, if you bought two records, so I bought Led Zeppelin 4. Better known as Zoso, Led Zeppelin Four or Led Zeppelin, no, no other, it really has no name. And then um, Devo, the album with uh, the one with uh, I can't remember what it was called now that one, but it had uh, had um, Whip It on it. Ah, nice. Yeah. Uh, I bought uh, forty five. First forty five I bought was um, Art of Noise, Peter Gunn uh, song. 
That's the first album you bought? No. Oh, 45. That's the first 45 you bought? First well, that's late. That's pretty late later on in your life. Yeah. For, well, it was the first 45 I bought. Oh, wow. I was given a lot of 45. Yeah. Here's yeah. the thing. What was the first uh, album you were given? You first were album I was given? Oh, I, I don't remember now. Our friend it Gina. Might have been Goofy uh, Great. Oh, that's nice. Our friend Gina got me the um, uh, Spinal Tap. This is Spinal Tap soundtrack. And I was stunned that someone bought me something. Yes, she bought me. Uh, she bought me fresh, fresh fruits for rotting vegetables by the Dead Kennedys. I believe at the time she bought herself a Black Flag album. Oh, cool! Which yeah. one was it? My War or? Uh... I don't know. How would I know that? <laughs> Just wondered. Anyway, uh, let, so let the us questions know, are: If you're listening, let us know. What was the first album you bought? And it was very uh, kind of her. Although I felt guilty that she bought me a record. Well, if you're listening right now, uh, Gina, let us know what album you want, like us to get you, and we'll get you one. Yeah, we'll get you one. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll pool our money, and uh, <laughs> Dave will pool we'll his pool, birthday bucks. We'll pool our resources. And we'll uh, we'll make this happen. We'll get you an album. <laughs> uh, we, we should have you on the show sometime, by the way, Gina. Yeah, we should. Uh, and and then not talk about old times at all. Mm. Nothing. Don't, not even bring it up. <laughs> Nothing. Sure. Anyway. Uh, so, so yeah, uh, I've told you how to get in touch with us. The questions are, uh, your, uh, first record album and, or, you know, hell man, if you're young, you know, CD <laughs> yeah. or you're young, uh, your first, uh, download, <laughs> I don't know. And what was the first that? thing you downloaded from LimeWire? There you go. That there's the thing as well. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, f- uh, favorite murder mystery. Um, so yeah, and listen please to the new uh, horse mysteries because you know there you go. Uh, and uh, also, uh, why not uh, pre-order Sparks uh, Future Perfect, uh, the new uh, Sparks book that's coming out uh, April fifth. Uh, it delights children of all ages. It's by myself. Uh, David is the colorist, I'm the writer, and Nina Matsumoto is the artist. Uh, you, know, you can buy the other Sparks books. Uh, see if we care. That's fine. <laughs> uh, and there you go. Thank you so much for listening. We uh, really do treasure your uh, correspondence and the time that you give us uh, to listen to our nonsense. I have been Ian. And I've been David. All right, everyone stay well, stay healthy. We'll see you back next time. Bye. Bye. That That's it. That's all they get. They don't get no more.